0: I'm gonna
1: break your heart
0: everybody and welcome back to Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Michelle Agan. And I'm Brian Kuyper. Now for this episode, there's a question that Brian has asked me several times now. And that is, why is Child's Play not on my forever favorites list?
2: Inquiring minds do want to know.
0: And my answer to that is, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> it should be, it maybe, should absolutely be.
2: Maybe it like transcends the forever favorite it trans- list. It's uh, it's ethereal. It's above it all.
0: It's if you know me in any way, you know that I am obsessed with Child's Play and with Chucky, and always have been. You know, if I was redoing the forever favorites list, I would probably do it the same way that you did, and kind of cheat and have it be like a tie between Tremors and child's play <laughs> for my like horror category fair enough but um so we're kind of doing this episode as a little bonus little uh, honorary forever favorites talking about child's play and child's play 2 technically
2: speaking if we're doing our you bring a movie i bring a movie you're bringing the first film and i'm bringing the second film because the second one is technically, well, not even technically, it is my favorite child's play movie of the series. Of them all.
0: And I love Child's Play, too, just as much as the, the first one. I used to watch both of them equal amount of times growing up. So I grew up with both this one and the original. So I love it, too. I'm, I'm kind of happy that it worked out this way. Um, instead of pairing up Child's Play with, with something else, getting to talk about both of these at the same time is kind of makes me really happy. Yeah,
2: It seems like the right way to go, you know? I think so. It's, it's changing it up because we normally don't have movies that are so related Back to back in a single episode, but that's okay. We've got a few other things along those lines planned for the yeah, future. Whatever could they be? So this this will be fun. And uh, it's what's great about these. Okay, they're nice and short too. Yes. I mean, they just kind of clip along. There's no fat on the meat of these movies at all. They're just they just clip right along. At as far as pacing goes, they're a lot of fun. There's some really good scares in all of in both of them. Uh, but they have their own unique styles as well. So They're very different. Yeah.
0: So my kind of history with Child's Play and how it became like my favorite thing of all time. I don't remember the first time I ever saw it, but... Um, it definitely came out of like sleepovers that my, my older sister would have with her best friend. And Child's Play, Child's Play 2, I think either one of them was one that they would watch. And of course, being like the little sister, I would like, kind of sneak in and hang out with them. And that's, I think that's how I was introduced to it. And the movie terrified me. Chucky was so scary to me when when I was a kid. But it was that thing I should have known I was a budding horror fan back then because I was scared of it, but I still wanted to watch it like all the time because I loved it and it was really good. And to this day, Chucky is the only horror movie that I've ever had a nightmare about like recurring nightmares when I was a kid. We're all about Chucky. Wow. I used to have to sleep. I would like when I I remember like laying in bed and if my door was cracked open a little bit at night, I would just stare at it because I could just picture Chucky like slowly coming in through the door. And I used to somehow I thought this would work. uh, I used to have to sleep with my legs like curled up because I had this like perfect image of my head of like Chucky popping up from the end of my bed (laughs) with a knife and like cutting my feet off or something is what I was afraid of. It's a little kid thing, but like, like I said, like I had all these nightmares. I was so scared of him, but I still loved the movies and I would wa- I still watch them constantly. My weird kid brain working.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> my <laughs> my history with child's play is I remember seeing the boxes when I was a kid. I would have been in like 6th grade. Now by then, I had been going and watching horror movies with at my friend's houses you know like sleepovers and things like that so we watched uh we were into the big the big franchises like halloween friday the 13th hellraiser and nightmare on elm street and for me i guess the idea of a doll being a killer especially <laughs> a cute doll like chucky is <laughs> and in, initially at least um terrible. i thought Oh, that's kind of silly. That was my opinion. Those were the thoughts in my head when I was in, you know, 12, 13 years old. And the first time I saw any Child's Play movie was when I was 41 years old. That's right. I saw them for the first time two years ago in 2019. The end of 2019 was the first time I've ever seen any of the Child's Play movies. And I have to say, I watched them all... Um, and the first two, in particular, I thought w- these are really strong movies. These are really uh, yes. well-made horror films. I was um, showing, starting to show horror films to my youngest son at the time because he was really interested in it. Uh, we watched the first ones we watched were Halloween, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part One, and Child's Play One and Two, <laughs> and so. His favorite of all of those was Child's Play One and Two. Uh, yes. So those were the ones that really, that he really thought were, were exciting. I, I mean, I think Nightmare on Elm Street might have edged it out a little bit when we watched that, but <laughs> he's also my son. So that probably <laughs> makes sense, you know? Um, yep. So yeah, it was just kind of an instant hit for us. And I was particularly taken by the look and sort of the fairy tale vibe of the second film. And I love the first one as well. I mean, when I think hopefully you'll hear that when we talk about the first film. Um, but that second movie just, it floors me. It was one of my favorite first-time watches of the year. It sort of ended up as an honorable mention, I think, in our Pandemic Discoveries episode. It was one of the first major articles I wrote about was about Child's Play uh, for Dread Central. Yeah, so it's just kind of, of, it really kind of made a lot of contributions to the last couple of years for me, um, just nice. the not the least of which is just enjoying the movies.
0: I always feel kind of like a little bit of an outsider in terms of like, horror the horror community because in terms of franchises people have their specific franchise that they're really into and it's usually nightmare friday halloween my franchise was always child's play uh-huh that was always mine he was always like my little franchise boy and i think the, the same thing happened with chucky as did with freddie by the you know by the time the sequels came around they were both so much more of characters that i think people forget how good the original films were how effective and how scary they are when you see the character as being being a comedian and he's Mm -hmm. he's talking a lot more like when you go back and watch that original film it is so effective so good um a few years ago um my nephew my youngest nephew um said that he wanted to be Chucky for Halloween and I was like that's my boy. I was so excited. So I asked him if he wanted to actually watch the movie. I was like, well, if you want to be Chucky, you got to learn how to be Chucky and watch the movie. And so uh, his parents, my sister and brother-in-law said it was okay. And we all sat down and we watched uh, Child's Play. And beforehand, uh, my brother-in-law had said something to him because he was scared. He was like, what if I'm, what if I'm scared? What is this? This is a scary movie. He doesn't do well with scary movies. And my brother-in-law said something to him like, it's a doll. Like, what are you what are you going to be afraid of? Like you just kick it. And like, that's it. <laughs> and then that about halfway through the movie, we're all sitting there watching it in silence. I was watching my nephew watch the movie. Cause I love oh, yeah. his facial expressions. Yeah. His facial expressions were the best about halfway through in the middle of like kind of one scene. My brother-in-law said, you know, I haven't actually watched this movie in a minute. And, um, yeah, this is pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, see.
2: Yeah. You know, and, um, yeah, comparing the comparison to Freddy, I think is is really apt too because I mean there are there are mm-hmm. f- even a few things uh, in the first couple movies that have sort of a Dream Warriors kind of you know so, <laughs> the soul <laughs> the, yeah. you know, element is kind of kind of links the two a tiny bit but I think you have the wisecracks you know, Chucky's always had humor but then so is Freddy even in the first movie Freddy's funny in the first movie but he's like really. real gallows humor like really dark stuff by the time you get to bride of chucky it's full-on dream master mode (laughs) you know where it's just like
0: (laughs) well even the second one he talks a lot more in the second one yeah that's so it just kind of immediately goes into more of a character rather than uh, the villain or whatever yeah
2: but you think about what was happening at that time you know if In by 1990, you know, Freddy was the thing. I I guess the first movie in 1988, I mean, that's when Freddy was sort of at the height of popularity. So everyone kind of wanted to have the next Freddy. And I'm not trying to derail this into a Nightmare on Elm Street conversation, but I think the...
0: (laughs) Well, I brought it up. I think the cultural
2: (laughs) setting for this movie is that though, as far as horror was concerned, you had Michael returning in 88. You had Jason about ready to take Manhattan. And then you had Freddie as sort of like the pinnacle. And he was the personality, the monster that talked, And you know, Hellraiser was new on the scene. Uh, Pinhead is very small part of the original Hellraiser, though, so I can't imagine. I mean, besides being on the poster, and (laughs) so you know, it's sort of (laughs) ironic that you know that became so much the focus of the series. So Chucky was. Sort of, I think, to me, something of a carryover, part of that had to have had an influence on what Chucky's persona was what they wanted at the studio or whatever. Chucky's persona had to have some sort of, hey, he's got to have personality. And he does. It's not the same (laughs) personality as Freddy Krueger, though. Um, It's something different. But you do have the gallows humor. You do have the personality, quote unquote, that the Michael Myers and the Jasons are mostly blank slates, you know, in in at least in those later films. That's kind of where we're at when we get to 1988 and Child's Play comes out. So Tom Holland, uh, who directed the first one, was kind of on a hot streak here. He had just done Fright Night, which was a big hit for its time. Um, and great movie, still a great movie. He was approached by David uh, David Kirshner about, about directing the film. He had a script by Don Mancini called Blood Buddies.
0: So one of my favorite things about just the whole franchise, which kind of... Again, ties into both Nightmare and Scream, actually. Uh-huh. The reason why I think Child's Play is a very successful franchise is because of Don Mancini has been... He didn't... I mean, he wrote the original story. The, his original script is very, very different yes. than what the first movie ended up being. But, you know, he was responsible for creating, the, creating those seeds and the character and he's been in charge basically of the franchise since then yeah so there's that consistency uh like you have like with scream you know with craven directing them sure and then you have the consistency of brad Dourif being the voice uh-huh. throughout all the movies and then the progression of the just don Mancini's ideas and voice and the way that the the character has changed and the whole franchise has changed it's had a very interesting like different progression than you would expect it from the first movie oh, but definitely. it's still like it's been amazing I, I love all of them for for different reasons yeah. they all have their special little thing about them that i love
2: yeah and you know I, I gotta give david Kirshner a lot of credit for re-approaching don mancini and uh john lafia for part two yeah. Because they yeah. had, Don Mancini had written Blood Buddies it, and Kirshner bought it up and said, okay, we're going to do some rewrites. Tom Holland didn't have any idea what to make of it. He <laughs> had no idea what to do with, with this script. He just didn't see it, I don't think. Yeah. It, that seems, uh, having heard interviews with Tom Holland about it, he just did not get it at all. <laughs> um, so they gave it to John LaFia to do a rewrite which he did and Holland thought okay it's an improvement but I still don't get it (laughs) and then he sort of happened upon the whole black magic it's a serial killer possessing this doll idea and he did a rewrite and that kind of takes us into the mythology that we have which to the credit of Don Mancini and John LaFia they took that and they ran with it from there You know, instead of of trying to reset it back to their ideas, because I think they could see the value in what Holland had to offer to the film, which was immense. I mean, I I think what what Tom Holland did was create a mythology, whereas uh, it seems to me like the, the Don Mancini idea was more of, you know, this doll actually had like blood in it like a green yeah. blood and it sounds very strange I mean uh,
0: there was something about you know, how they would do the blood buddies yeah, thing like you with know, the, the kid finger and the doll and yeah. mix
2: their blood and then the, then, then the doll would go off and kill the dentist and the people. Yeah, the teacher would kill, and
0: the... <laughs> yeah you kill people that the kid wanted to get rid of or yeah. that mistreated the kid in some way I think yeah
2: yeah so I mean this is a little bit more of a, a revenge story I mean the, what it ended up being is more of a revenge story it's very which is you know a little bit of the Freddy Krueger idea pulling in there too but you know Mm -hmm. but I mean revenge is in horror long before Freddy Krueger came around Um, so I think having that serial killer idea because I mean Brad Dourif was just so effective as this voice of this doll and this persona for the doll it's like yeah, we're going we we're, we're, we're going to keep Dursley's. that. We're going to keep that. But it seems like the original idea of just it being a evil doll it, is kind of what they did with the remake in some to some extent. I mean, you just have a doll mm-hmm. that is just made bad it's sort of like Christine you know in in the movie version of where the car is just coming out comes off the assembly line evil there's just something in it that is just evil whereas in the book <laughs> it's
0: bad to the bone yeah
2: bad to the bone whereas in King's book <laughs> it's actually possessed by the original owner
0: yeah
2: uh, so it's something pretty different so it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting evolution and I think what we end up with with Child's Play is it's probably more Tom Holland's creation I think, so than anything. <laughs> I mean, I not to discredit what um, LaFia and, and Mancini brought to the movie. Cause it's, it's the bones of it are there. I mean, they, there are things that, and frankly, there are things that ended up in the second movie that were cut out of the script for the first movie. So they, mm-hmm. they were both able to transplant some of those things into this new mythology that had been set up by, Holland uh, for for the second film which I think is great and so you kind of have this beautiful nexus <laughs> yeah of all of these different ideas sorry for the big blank
0: it's, there <laughs> yeah it's ultimately the first movie is not what Don Mancini originally intended but yeah like all of these people coming together and work working and reworking on the script I, it's just as good, and I mean, we didn't have child's play at all if it weren't for Don Mancini, who had the idea. Because I think he, um, when he was a student at UCLA, that's when Cabbage Patch Kids mm-hmm. were a big thing. And he, when he was growing up, his father had worked in marketing and advertising, so he knew all about. Just the little tricks of the trade for advertising to children, which this movie actually is a comment on a little bit. That's what he, Big he originally intended. Yeah. Yeah. He really intended it to be like a comment on how marketing um, works towards kids and, and how like uh, one of the terms that he heard when he was growing up that's actually used in Child's Play 3 was referring to kids as consumer trainees. Yes. Which... It's a little bit dark, but yeah. so yeah, he based it off of the Cabbage Patch Kids and My Buddy Dolls. I can also and... see
2: a touch of Teddy Ruck spin in there.
0: Right? <laughs> oh yeah, god, that those... thing was so creepy. When
2: when I was a kid, I mean these I remember all of these commercials so well. So when Chucky came around, I, I was I remember like,
0: the Teddy Ruxpin spin commercials, so <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. When so when Chucky came around, he is sort of this instant recognition as this as being something uh-huh. that could really be on the market frankly- mm-hmm. you know yeah. I mean and that's one of the things I really like about Chucky as a as a concept and as a design because so many killer doll movies even you know you think about what are some of the others like dolls the Stuart Gordon film or yeah. um, Annabelle or even like the puppet master, Puppets, you know, they're—they don't look freaky. like dolls that
0: kids would actually. Want. No, they
2: do. They—they they look scary. They look like dolls that horror fans would want. They don't look like right. dolls that any little kid, a six-year-old boy, would want to have an inv- welcome into his home so readily, you know. Yeah. And and so I think the balance that you have there is beautiful. I actually think Annabelle would have been way more effective. Way more effective, way more frightening if it had just been the Raggedy Ann doll that mm-hmm. the real quote unquote Annabelle really is that was based on. Yeah. You know, because I think that the doll that they created is not scary. I think it is creepy looking. But it doesn't strike me as something that anyone would actually make as a (laughs) doll unless they were making it to be in a horror movie. And it takes me exactly. out of it. And, you know,
0: it's too much of a horror movie design yeah. rather yeah, than it is. Yeah, an it actual is. design. <laughs> and
2: not to throw too much shade at the Conjuring movies, because I do like them, especially the first two. But, um, oh, yeah. But I think that's that's my opinion on that. I, and that's why I think Chucky <laughs> is so much more effective and more iconic in so many ways mm-hmm. as a... Because, as a, I mean, you can actually sell. You could sell a good guy doll in... A toys or well, Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore, but you know, <laughs> uh, wherever you buy toys, you could do that today if, t- if Chucky didn't exist, and it would be like, Oh, yeah, that's something that little kids would want to buy.
0: And I love that maybe we wouldn't have some of those other movies. When did Dolls come out?
2: It came out, um, that's a good question. I, I I'm not sure.
1: I
0: thought it was like maybe it was '87 or something. Yeah, it's, it's because it probably
2: would have been, uh, after Reanimator. Yeah, no, eighty-seven. You're you're right on.
0: Yeah. Well, he had Tom Mancini had probably worked on the story. Like one thing that he said too was that you know there was um, talking dolls and other stuff before, like the Twilight Zone episode oh, of, of Talking Tina, yeah. the trilogy of Terror Doll. But
2: again, the t- the talky Tina is an, an innocuous yeah. kind of doll. It just looks like a chatty Cathy doll at the time. You know, it, there's nothing innocu- There's nothing that's Frightening looking about it, not like the (laughs) the doll in 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 trilogy of terror is terrifying, (laughs) but but it's also something else. It's not a child's toy; it's something else.
0: But he also just wanted to take that idea of the talking doll, which had been introduced, which had I think been very effective on people. It had never yet been fleshed out into a feature length film, Mm -hmm. which is another reason why he wanted to do something about a killer doll and. He created the the greatest one we have.
2: Yeah, I can't think of one that is more certainly more iconic than Chucky. Some people might argue with me and say Annabelle, but I, I still, no. I just, I just don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Again, no shade and... on on the Annabelle movies, <laughs> but I haven't actually seen the standalone Annabelle movies. I've only seen the Conjuring one, and I've seen all three. Good, I guess I've seen actually. the first three, but I, I really like the first. I, I really like the conjuring and the conjuring two i really like those movies a lot three and it's all right um but um yeah i i think those the the killer doll is just one of those great iconic things though it's it's a great idea (laughs) you know the
0: it's the horror version of toy story yeah it's the horror
2: version of toy story bringing something into your home that is innocent and apparently mm-hmm. safe, but is actually dangerous and deadly. Uh, that's kind of every parent's fear, you know, that you have brought mm-hmm. home something that could harm your children. And I think that part of what I wrote in, I wrote an article uh, for Dread about 18 months ago called Chucky More Than Mere Child's Play. And I actually compared it to the stepfather where you have a monster in disguise being willingly invited yes. into a home to destroy a family and that is that is what this movie kind of is it's it has a little bit of of that underlying element of of a stepfather or a stepbrother being brought into a, a house who is dangerous but mm-hmm. people don't necessarily believe that they are Um, so, I mean that, that article, I, I, I don't know, it's maybe I overthought it all, but, uh, it was the idea of child abuse being a theme of the film. And I think it's there. I think it's there. I still do. But I think more than anything, it's just this idea of innocence being brought in something that appears to be innocent, being brought into a home, but is actually deadly. And I think that is, Kind of a universal theme, <laughs> you know, that goes beyond yeah. any of that other kind of thing. We've all experienced that fear, I think.
0: No, I agree with that. And I think they do a really good job of setting it up with the two main characters of Karen and Andy Barkley. They're, um, she's a widower, mm-hmm. you know, which kind of immediately gets you, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. And she's raising this little six-year-old boy on her own. And Alex Vincent in this first movie, is just completely sweet with um, just his little kid voice. I always love the scene at the beginning when he's making breakfast for his mom, and he's ter- <laughs> he's doing a terrible job the, at it. The but it's giant spoonful of butter
2: on the burnt toast is just <laughs> it's wonderful.
0: And just him like walking around in his little footy pajamas, mm-hmm. uh, he. They, yeah, they set it up really well. Like, you immediately love both of them. Karen, like you said, you wanted Karen to be your mom because she's a great little mom. Well, Catherine. <laughs> Obviously, Catherine Hicks, Catherine Hicks was is just the mom like, in Seventh know, Heaven. Yeah,
2: Seventh Heaven. And then, you know, she was in Star Trek IV, which I know you haven't seen. But <laughs> she's, no. she's, it's funny because she's kind of the love interest in that movie, <laughs> which, oh, yeah? you know, is, is interesting. Then, you know, two years later, she's a mom in this and kind of ever since then has sort of been cast as a mom she's just got that sense about her instantly
0: and she has said before that you know she wasn't in her personal life she wasn't a mom at the time that she made this movie so she felt a little like unsure about you know whether or not she could have that motherly thing about her have that instinct and that sense of protection but she really really does i love karen like one of my favorite horror moms she is dynamite
2: Oh, she's fantastic. And I think um, Catherine Hicks, she never really had one of those careers that made her a big, huge star, but she's mm. always kind of been present. Uh, she's one of those kinds of actresses I really like having around, <laughs> you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, and she's terrific in the movie. And Andy, um, Alex, is so great as in that role. and um, And then Chris Sarandon... I know yeah. that's getting ahead of us a little bit, but Chris Sarandon as uh, Mike Norris, the detective, obviously he had worked with Tom Holland before on Fright Night. Fright Night. This is sort of the height of Chris Sarandon movie star, you know, because you have Fright Night, The Princess Bride, and then Princess this. Princess Bride, maybe, this is the, yeah. And this is the only one where he's not a villain. And he's really different in this movie than he is in either of those. He is. And I... I really appreciate what he's doing here. I think he's really terrific in the movie.
0: He has just the right amount of disbelief in the story of the doll being really alive, but also kind of curiosity that he's not going to let it go. He's going to look up into it and yeah. see what's going on. And he wants to, you know, help the family. Yeah.
2: He's definitely got a compassionate streak to him. Yes. You know, he's not just going to write this all off as insane, you know, I guess, for (laughs) lack of a better term. Because, I mean, that's part of the idea of the movie is this is um, the second movie, I think, is more of a kid's point of view movie. And the first one is more of the adult's point of view more often. I think so. And. Which is fine. And this is a grittier movie. It's a darker movie. The city setting of the movie, there's lots of slums and tenements and, you know, sort of the... The
0: fact that it's in the wintertime, too.
2: Yeah. It's got a chill to it. It almost could have been, you know, just set it, instead of his birthday, just set it as a Christmas movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This would have
2: been a cool <laughs> horror Christmas movie. but
0: Yeah, like looking at it as being more from the adult's perspective, I think the original the original ideas and the, kind of, not totally, but kind of the way that the movie plays out is that you're not supposed to be sure if Chucky is alive or if it's really Andy right. doing all this stuff. But you, you can see little... There's little parts where, like when Chucky wants to watch TV, his head turns on his own. That one part where he blows up Eddie's house, you know, mm-hmm. you see the hand. It, you kinda look at it, they're they're playing it off as maybe it's not really Chucky yet or something. Yeah, but-
2: you don't really know for sure until that famous you know, the head turn. Hi, I'm Chucky. Yes. You want to play where there's no batteries in him?
0: Because they'll have like um like when Maggie's seen there's yeah. there's a little shot of him like, you know, scurrying along, which, you know, could also it kind of plays out as if that could also be Andy. Because
2: Andy's wearing exactly the same clothes. You know, those pajamas uh-huh. are
0: those good, guy, good PJs. guy PJs.
2: Yeah. The shoes have the same, you know, like the mm-hmm. markings on the bottom of them and could have made the prints in the flower and. Yeah, it's it's really interesting the way the first part of this movie plays out. Because it's very it's much more it has a psychological element to it where it could yes. be it's a little bit like Psycho in that respect where you don't really necessarily know who the killer is. You think the killer could be someone else than it actually ends up being. Mm -hmm. But I mean obviously they tip their hand much earlier than they do in Psycho. But it's well done and it it seems only appropriate that the screenwriter of Psycho 2 would do something like that. And there's some doubt in in the early parts of uh, Fright Night too whether Chris Sarandon's character is actually a vampire. Mm -hmm. I think that's a... I really like when horror movies do that where they leave a lot of question as to whether or not the person who is suspecting is correct or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Fright Night's a good example. Rear Window. That, that idea. Yeah is is cool and it's it's effective it's a good way to go
0: it's hard to look at the this first movie as that though now just because yeah we know chucky chucky. is such a character yeah. yeah you know it's chucky but you you can see where that idea came from and i think that the way that it, it plays out like you said is so creepy there's so many like just little moments of this movie that are so much creepier than i think people give it credit for or they even remember definitely
2: i think the scene this okay so the scene between where maggie is, is at home mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, babysitting andy and and you know chucky is we know it's chucky now but uh, is yes. turning on <laughs> the tv and there's just these all these great kind of old school style of, and a lot of this movie is sort of shot in that old school suspense movie style.
0: A lot of lingering yeah, shots lingering, where you're waiting for something to happen. Yeah,
2: empty hallways and yes. uh, there's a storm on the television supplying this sound effect, you know, this creepy sound effect. and, and the- Oh, one of the... Go ahead. Yeah,
0: one of the best like creepy things is when she's taken the doll and Andy and, you know, into his bedroom, told him to go brush his teeth and she's putting like the dishes away. And all of a sudden when the, the TV like blasts, blasts on, on yeah. that's such a good scary moment. And then she goes in the living room and Chucky's sitting there in the chair and like, yeah, she had that thing where she kind of ha- looks and it's very creepy because it's always creepy when, especially when the toy or the doll is human like. Yeah. That's especially what makes it creepy because you can imagine that actually being like, well, what did Chucky do? Did he walk in there and turn the TV on all by himself? It's like, well, actually, yeah, you can actually picture him doing that.
2: And you even mentioned, you know, things like, you know, Chucky turning his head and stuff like that. Those Mm -hmm. are things that the doll did, though the regular yeah. actual good guy doll did, even if it wasn't possessed. it
0: was I guess it was programmed to like whenever you would talk like directly to the dolls when he would respond. Even oh yeah, even that first time that Chucky speaks, like in the um in the good guy voice yeah. when they when he Andy first takes him out of the box and she's like, Show me how he works and even when he just he says, you know, like Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your <laughs> it's friend so too creepy. The end. Yeah, that it's still creepy. it, it
2: is. You know, and one of my favorite setups for a great close, it's not even the closing line, but is, hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, <laughs> I know it sounds like such a simple thing, but when you have the payoff of it, it's so perfect, and I love it uh-huh. so much. Yep. Um so I don't know uh, how we want to approach them. I know we're t- kind of talking well, about Well, you were talking about the and, scene
0: with... Um, well, the scene yeah. with
2: Maggie, you know, because this is the first kill, really. I mean, this is the yes. first big... Obviously, before this, we we, we know that Charles Lee Ray played by Bla- Brad Dourif in the flesh, you know, at that point has, he's been, I
0: absolutely love, I love you, Brad.
2: <laughs> we all love Brad. Um, but he has,
0: but yeah, he's really, he's really good in those opening scenes too. There's like one shot. He's like um, got very long scraggly mm-hmm. hair, which makes him look even creepier, but just, you can, you can get like from his voice, like his voice still kind of scares me sometimes when I hear it. Cause all I hear is Chucky. Like there, he has something about like, he can project, when he says something to uh, Mike when they're in the toy store, yeah. he's like, "I'm gonna get you and Eddie no matter what." And yeah. just uh, he's so good well, and he
2: uh casts some kind of black magic spell that puts yes. him into this good guy doll, and there are clouds and see, okay, okay, not I, <laughs> the I,
0: effects I, in that part are not as great. <laughs> Part of me is, thinks, you
2: know, could you have come up with something more interesting than Black Magic? I, I'm I'm sorry. That's just the one thing that's just a little bit of a sticking point for me. I mean, I understand <laughs> it does kind of drive elements of the story. There's you know, how he comes up with this whole thing where he need why he needs to get to Andy. Yeah, why he needs Andy. And it makes sense, but I'm part of me is kind of like. He, I, it, it's one of those <laughs> things that i don't know if it's aged as well as a lot of other elements of the movie have that's my opinion i just my and it's honestly it's a small criticism of the movie it very no, it's it. very small but i i don't know i i well, get,
0: without it we wouldn't have that great chant <laughs> that
2: I, I know which, which at the same time <laughs> kind of makes me laugh a little I know. (laughs) Sorry to say. I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of your movie. I'm really not trying to make fun of your movie, though.
1: No, you're not. Because I
2: really do love it. But so, anyway. So that's we, in that scene. We also meet Mike, uh, Mike Norris, you know, who's the detective chasing him, and, and, and that's all great. And you know, we find out Andy wants a good guy dolls so oh. bad. And, yeah. and so I, I'm just trying to catch us up, I guess, a little bit. But if you don't know this movie, <laughs> well, actually, uh, do we well, even actually, need to do that? I don't know, but
0: from that scene in the toy store you don't actually know what he's doing no at you that don't point. you don't you don't which i think people kind of forget too yeah it's like so there's just like i love that one lingering shot on uh the doll's face mm-hmm. after that they show brad duroff is is dead uh-huh. and then it cuts to the cuts to the doll which kind of could give you an idea of what he has done as he's transferred his soul from you know, into the doll's body. But you don't know for sure yet that that's what he's done. That's what that chant means. Right. So that's why it, it still kind of keeps up with the, you know, you're not really sure if the doll is alive or not for a lot of the movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's that's very true. But it, it does plant the seed in your mind that maybe it could be. Yes. Well, maybe it's not. It could be. Maybe it's just like whispering things in... In, uh, in Andy's <laughs> ears to to make him do things. Ooh. Yeah,
0: which is which is another thing that's so creepy with um, little kids and their dolls. Like that one time, Maggie's babysitting, and he's just like Aunt Maggie, like. Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news. Yeah, (laughs) Such a creepy little line, you know, coming from a kid for some reason. Well, I mean,
2: and, you know, getting that toy and being so desperate to have it and it's brought into. And, you know, she ends up buying it from this, I guess, homeless man on the street uh, behind her work. Oh, yeah. Her her boss, Mr. Criswell. (laughs) Yep. Which is. For those of you paying attention, uh, that is a little throwback to our Ed Wood episode. Chris well is the, remember, future events such as these may affect you in the future. <laughs> in the future. Uh, so he was, Chris Well was the one of the friends of Ed Wood. Um, <laughs>
1: anyway. It doesn't really have anything, it doesn't have anything to, to do, do with this.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know if that's even intentional as, or a joke or, or what that is. It's just kind of funny.
0: I think that was a connection that you made. Maybe. <laughs> Only, you <know. laughs>
2: Maybe. But essentially, that brings us up to where, you know, Maggie is yeah. babysitting.
0: Uh, Dinah. What's her name? Is it Dinah Minhoff? as her name. Uh, I, can't, I don't know if I'm to perhaps. say it right.
2: Yes. Dinah Minhoff. She's great. She's terrific. And she's called, you know, I don't know if she's actually Auntie Maggie, but that's what they call <laughs> the aunt. I think she's just Karen's friend. I think so, too. Just co-worker. But like I was saying, so there's the storm on the TV, and then all of a sudden the phone rings just really, really loud, and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, Karen calling to check in and then she goes over and she thinks she sees something behind the planter. She pulls the planter away and there's nothing there. You know, those kinds of mm-hmm. classic suspense things, you know, creeping up slowly onto the planter and pulling it away and there's nothing there. And then she turns around and there's and gets a hammer in her eye uh, and falls out the window, Yep. which is and you, and we don't see who's wielding the hammer things like the flowers spread all over from like baking flour is spread all over the counter yeah. and the crash through the window. And uh, that's a great moment too. I mean, it's really a, a intense kind of big kill, you know, that's the poster. Yeah, it is the poster. It's not particularly gory though. You don't really uh-uh. see much of anything.
0: Nothing really in this movie is uh, no, no. I mean, I, you got not as you, much as it would become you, later on. No,
2: you got some, you got some blood when, when brad durif's character dies you know when he's shot and you know a few wounds here and there but but a lot (laughs) of a lot of people die in explosions (laughs) Uh, there's there's
0: There's a lot of explosions uh, in this movie
2: oh i guess he does he he does kill the kill the one guy and it's pretty pretty gory
0: that's at one point i don't like as much oh oh the uh the voodoo guy yeah Exactly. You mean, yeah, the voodoo guy. The doctor. Um, the whole scene at the oh yeah, um, the, yeah, hospital yeah, the hospital is, mm-hmm. is. When we get to that, that's not really my favorite part, but yeah,
2: it's okay. We'll get there. yeah the, the electrocution. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I just what the whole reason why I just kind of dissect that scene is just I think it's really indicative of the way this movie is made. It's very yes. um the suspense sequences are filmed. they don't come across as cliches while you're watching the movie, but they're those very tried and true methods of building suspense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're Hitchcock methods of building suspense. and they, the reason why they still are used is because they work. you know This is the language of film that we know and and respond to. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think those scenes work really well and there are several of them. Like that, I think the one between um, between the one between Catherine Hickson and and Chucky is probably the best one. Sorry, go ahead.
0: (laughs) You keep taking my points. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was gonna say he's so good. Tom Holland is in this movie at building up the suspense and then relieving it just a touch. Uh huh. Before like immediately building it up again, and I think that's it starts out in the scene between uh, Maggie and Chucky, but yeah, it's even more in the scene between Karen and Chucky, which we will definitely get to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's my favorite scene, the most effective, scariest, like so beautifully crafted scene still. I think it should be praised a lot more than it is because it is incredible the way that he, that scene plays out. Oh
2: yeah, I think it's for me that's the most effective scene in the movie and of in a movie oh, filled yeah. with lots of effective scenes.
0: So yeah, Maggie is dead. Uh, Detective Norris comes back and kind of suspects that Andy is responsible for it, like because of the footprints and because the uh I like the little moment where he says, like take this to the lab and it's like the little toy, the good guy toy hammer. It's like yeah. possible murder weapon <laughs> and the other guys just it's laughing just at him. Like, it was Seriously? Hilarious. Yeah.
2: I like his partner. He's kind of yeah, he's <laughs> I do too. funny. He's a little bit of an asshole, but he's also a little bit of an audience surrogate for the skepticism of yes, it all. Yes he is. You know?
0: And then the next day I I kind of I really like the scene of the next day when Andy um, Andy's just when he's going to school, because it's another kind of a hint of what Dom Mancini was going with, with like marketing to children and how popular something can be. Because as he's walking to school, he's got his Chucky doll with him, which another thing is like, for, I don't know if this is just me, but just another thing that kind of shows the, the innocence and like kind of reinforces the innof- innocence of Andy and just kids in general is like when they're carrying something that's, almost as big as they are, Uh you know, and just makes them look so much smaller. That's what he looks like when he's carrying Chucky. But when he's going into the school, you see, like, two or three other kids that also have Chucky dolls. Uh I thought that was a really cool little touch. Yeah. Just to kind of show, like, this is the big thing. This is, like, the Cabbage Patch kids. This is how popular it was, and, like, every kid had to have this, and this is how we... We make money and market to children, you know, kind of his his idea that he was going with um, the original script.
2: Yeah. And I think that's even brought in more in part two, where like the foster parents have the Tommy doll just yes, in her exactly, closet. Yeah. And then when the teacher sees Chucky inside the inside the cabinet, she gets, oh, no, no toys, because it's like this is something mm-hmm. that they see all the time because it's everywhere yeah. at that moment.
0: And then Andy and Chucky go to Eddie Caputo's house. Eddie Caputo was Charles Lee Ray's partner like from the beginning scene where he's being chased by the police Um, Eddie leaves Charles Lee Ray behind which is why he's wants to go after him now that he's in his little doll for him and he wants to get revenge and that's another scene that's like played out so well like in terms of knowing because I've seen this movie so much like I know what happens I know that he's not really in any danger but like when you watch the way that that scene plays out with um, you just see like little pieces of Chucky like his hand like turning the gas on the oven and everything and um, Andy is outside you know, looking for him. He's so close to the house. Yeah, I know. You notice. Yeah. And the little kid is so close. I was like, oh, okay, I see this now. It keeps cutting back, like, inside and outside with him, looking for Chucky, which... Eddie sees Andy outside and hears him calling Chucky. He's like he's calling for Chucky, which kind of would make me think that he would have a little suspicion about that because Chucky, Chucky was, was his nickname, yeah, and and he
2: <laughs> it's something that that Charles Lee Ray went by.
0: But I guess he wouldn't figure that like a a kid would know who he
2: was, and you know the fact that he no doubt by this point would have heard that Charles He's Lee dead. Ray is yeah. dead. Yeah.
0: Anyway, very cool explosion in this scene. Great explosion. <laughs> when I listen to the commentary from Tom Holland on this movie. There's a big explosion happens. And then he just says, that's really cool or something like that like, like he says that was a lot of fun
2: well I bet I mean obviously which it's
0: explosions a, always are sure
2: obviously it's a condemned building like a real condemned building that yeah. they blew up it's which is kind of it's kind of fun when they do that in movies where you just know that this is a real building and they're blowing it
0: up like, yeah so. let's get rid of this thing <laughs> And then the next scene, um, oh, one scene that we kind of skipped over that I think is really creepy is after Maggie is dead and just another, just like the way he he plays it out is when Karen's in the bathroom and she hears Andy talking to somebody and just like, there's like, I think a little bit of musical sting and like the look on her face, like she's she's really scared she doesn't know like what's going on and she goes in to talk to andy and i don't know their little conversation Lois, like kind of creeps me out in a way because oh yeah, just, yeah.
2: where where the whole is this where she says well this his name is charles lee ray and daddy yes. sent him down from heaven to play with yes that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie too
0: because she's just he, Chucky's is sitting there in a chair and andy's on the floor just looking at him when she walks in and he does things like so slowly throughout this movie people walk and it lingers and as they they they're kind of like wondering what's going on in this movie so many times when she just kind of like slowly looking at him like what's going on with this doll and then they have that conversation and andy you know says something about you know what else did you know what else does chucky say to you and andy says you know aunt maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved <laughs> which, right. which is funny but it's also like it's horrifying little I mean, should this, not be saying that yeah. yeah this little kid
2: and it's obviously something that andy wouldn't normally say it's not yeah. something that his mother. And she's shocked when he says it. Mm-hmm. It's like, wh- how do you even know that word? It's much less know what it means. You know, which he may not. The way he says it, it's almost like he doesn't really know what it means. Probably, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I don't know. Like I said, it's like I don't know why it just. It gets to me like the way he says the lines. Like, but it, you know, but it's true. You know, Chucky is alive, and when she picks him up and is like uh, when she, I don't know the, for some reason that shot when she's holding him is like and she says and like you do really think that Chucky is alive do you like she has a very concerned look on her face like she's scared I think she's scared for her kid and also scared that it could possibly be true yeah kind of. I, I think so sure <laughs> acting and I just think her acting in that scene is so good so effective at like building that up to where you're not really sure which side of the story to believe oh for sure for sure but then after um the explosion at eddie's house um they go back to they're at the police station Mm -hmm. and i really like you said you you said you like the scene too i do too because
2: i think when andy just starts he sort of grabs chucky and just sort of slams him against the chair and is Mm -hmm. like he's like he's beating him up trying to get a confession out of him (laughs) You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: come on, you know, talk. Well, and he says, too, like, you know, tell me why you lied to me about everything. Yeah. So it's like the kid is, uh, Chucky has been talking to him and obviously... I, yeah, that that part where he says, you know, that he's been sent down from heaven by daddy to play with him. Like, that's probably something that he used to, like, get in good with the kid, uh-huh, you know, and uh-huh. make him trust him. And now, like, he's gotten him in trouble twice. Yeah. So, no, he does Andy doesn't trust him anymore. And, yeah, yeah. and that, that
2: whole idea was sort of the impetus of the article that I wrote was this yeah. was this idea of Chucky is trying to lure Andy in. So when Andy finally he's he doesn't have the power at this point to really turn on his assailant to turn on this manipulator because mm-hmm. no one else believes him, because why would they? Why would they? This thing is an innocent yeah. little doll. It it takes Karen that's and a good, yeah, that's it, good. Like that's good. It takes Karen and Mike believing for him to have the power because he's only six years old and he just kind of it, it kind of breaks my heart for this poor kid. You know, in these early scenes, before the adults believe him,
0: and what do they always say about kids in movies like this? Oh, they just make up stories. Yep, he's making up a story.
2: Yeah, I mean, they even say that about you know the teenagers in in Elm Street, even when they mm-hmm. know who Freddy is and they know the backstory. You know, it's like, oh, stop making yeah, up, stop making up stories. Cut your fingernails, or stop that kind of dreaming. You know, th- <laughs> those are the kinds of things that are that you see in films like this during this time um just the kids can't be trusted or the adults are refusing to believe that the, ch- the killed the, the kids are, let me try that again the adults just <laughs> refusing to believe the kids In every situation. And this is common in all kinds of horror movies of of this era. So um, I I think this is having it be a little kid, though. It's powerful and kind of heartbreaking in this one, you know, because you know Mm -hmm. the kid's right. And you know the kid's not a liar.
0: He hasn't even really learned how to
2: lie yet. My
0: gosh. (laughs) He hasn't lied about anything yet in the movie. Yeah. And yeah, little Alex Vincent is is really good in this scene. Uh, one, the one at the hospital, I think, is probably his best moment. But he's really good in this when because uh, he, like you said, he's beating up Chucky a little bit and asking him to talk, and he just says, you know, one of the doll's sayings. And when he goes to his mom, it's like he's doing it on purpose. You know, he told me, you know, not to tell anybody about him or kill me, and just, uh, is he hearing yeah. little kids say stuff like that. Yeah. God, that gets to you. And he's like kind of shaking as he's got his his hands on his mom's shoulders. Like he's very, very effective in this scene. Yeah, he really is. But then comes the greatest scene of the whole movie uh, when Karen brings Chucky home alone because um, Andy's got to uh, stay, I guess, in the mental hospital for a couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of you know the stories he's telling about Chucky and like what he's he's basically been accused of killing two people he has you know they but they want <laughs> at this point they want to
2: keep him for observation as they yes. euphemistically say in movies like this right
0: <laughs> yes yeah. but yeah my god this scene um, it's
2: tour de force I mean there it's really it is. so effective
0: I haven't written. I actually haven't written a lot of articles about Child's Play over the years, but uh, one thing that I did do when I was writing for Wicked Horror, I wrote a whole article—not just a, not really an article, but kind of a visual article about this specific scene uh-huh. and how effective it is and how well it works. Because, like I said, it's that thing that he that Tom Holland does in this movie that's so effective. That is, um, he builds up the tension so well. Like, there's no music at the start of it. But he's still able to like build up that tension, build up that sus- suspense and then release it just a little bit and then just immediately start building it right back up again. Yeah. Because what happens, she's got Chucky and she goes and sits down on the couch and like puts him on the table in front of her and starts like asking him to to talk to her. And he's like, well, you now say something, you little bastard. I like how she kind of like. She pauses, yeah. Quietly says bastard. Like she's like she doesn't want to say that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, But he just says, you know one of the doll's sings, And she has to kind of laugh it off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, no, of course, that's not true. Like, why why am I thinking that this doll is actually alive? And the tension builds up so well, like, I think at this point, because she gets up and she goes into the kitchen. But the way that it's the frame is you can still see Chucky sitting on the table over her shoulder Uh as she's kind of she's facing the camera and then um it kind of does he does like a little play on like the mirror scare in a way in this part because she goes over and she sees the the good guy box is sitting there by the trash can and she goes she goes out of frame it follows her out of frame and she you know she picks it up and then you know comes back in because you're kind of expecting because we had seen chucky in the background you're expecting when she comes back to that spot possibly that he's going to be gone or that he's moved but he hasn't right he's still the same so you're 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 just waiting for something to happen with this doll by this point in the movie and then that's when she like she shakes the box and the batteries, batteries fall out, out and the the music kicks in there as she spins around she looks at chucky again chucky still hasn't moved and that's why it's, that, it's so so tense see like, this is this. this
2: is probably the most unbelievable scene in the movie because the box says batteries included
0: which no toy ever <laughs> does. <laughs> <laughs> right? that's exactly
2: right as a the, as a parent, uh, the a number of batteries we've had to buy uh, when our kids were small, especially uh, for <laughs> for toys. With, I know. Yeah, that's that's.
0: I always I always think that too. Yeah, I know that, that is the
2: one that is the one moment that is truly unbelievable about this movie is that the batteries would actually like be batteries included. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the big.
0: They're expensive. Yeah, those are.
1: Yeah.
0: But again, like like I was saying before, like how slow the scene is also so. Ad- agonizingly slow the way each little part plays out because she's slow after the batteries fall out and she whips around to look at him she he is not moving but she just kind of slowly walks towards him she slowly picks him up and you're just kind of waiting the whole time because now we know and he knows that she knows right there's probably something going on so you're just you're waiting this whole time for something to happen for him to do something and then like the best scare of the whole movie is when she opens up the battery pack and his head spins around. And I love the way that plays out too. um, Just because the voice, he hasn't spoken in Brad Durf's voice yet. It's still, it's still the doll's voice, but it's just a little,
2: little bit different. Yeah. It's a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Hi, I'm yeah. Chucky. Want to play? Want
0: to play? Yeah, it's a little bit more drawn out. It's just different enough to be like super,
2: super creepy. Yeah, and then she drops the doll, which then rolls under the couch.
0: Yeah, so that line is like the release of that tension uh-huh. that's been building up. And then immediately... He starts building it back up again because he he drops him. He rolls himself under the couch Mm. and then nothing happens. He still is not fully alive yet. So then we we build up the tension again. When she pulls up
2: the, the bottom of the couch and he's still under there. So you, you slowly, almost she's e- like you almost expect him not to be under there, in in yes from from like a conventional point of view, and then she then when she sort of taps him, him.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: and he doesn't do anything. Don't
0: poke the killer doll. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I mean that's pretty. I mean I can imagine seeing this when I was very young. You know, like when I was watching mm-hmm. the Halloween twos and the Hellraisers and the the early Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, you know, when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I, I can imagine watching this and this having me sort of behind... With my eyes closed, you know, because because this is tension ratcheted up to a level that is um, really intense because yes. um, what we know about horror films at this point is, you know, the doll's going to get up and stab her in the hand when she, ta- yeah. you know, th- but that's not it's what gonna happens. It's going to be a jump scare. Yeah, the, you're expecting the There's jump scare.
0: There's one. There's one when he says that line and his head spins, but then then he's back to being a doll again. Mm -hmm. And like I said, everything that they do is so slow. Like that just kind of creep builds up the tension even more. She like slowly lifts up that little flap Mm -hmm. under the couch. She slowly like drags him out, and he's still not doing anything. You're like, just do something already. She picks him up again on the couch and like just I don't know his wild hair always kind of gets me. It's like <laughs> uh-huh. he looks so good and she's she's feeling a little bit braver now. She's feeling a little bit. I think she's really scared at this point too. And she like is telling him again to talk. That's all she just wants him to do is talk for some reason. It's like you know he's gonna like attack you. Like come on, Karen. And she threatens the to the throw him fire. into the fireplace. And then we have. <laughs> and you, then he's you like, okay, bitch. You know- <laughs> <laughs> so now chucky has to think about self-preservation yeah. and actually come alive and yeah i love that the first words that you hear from chucky is like you stupid bitch you filthy slut yeah. Which <laughs> is- i'm gonna teach you to fuck with me <laughs> but yeah that whole scene like now the tension has finally been released like for the whole movie yes okay we know chucky is alive mm-hmm. but god i love that scene so much i think it's so uh, it's brilliant the way that he he shot it and the way that it's acted and the way that he pulls off every little moment mm-hmm. just milking every little moment of tension yeah yeah and now um
2: obviously she 100 believes andy because yeah. why wouldn't you uh at this point right. um she has a bite on her arm to prove it
0: sometimes watching watching the people like wrestle with chucky sometimes and then now you kind of watch it yeah. and it's a little it's a little silly looking like just cuz that's what that's the only way they could do it you know without the the puppeteers there to make him move because there's like eight people mm-hmm. behind the scene making Chucky work for the scenes where he's like fully animated, right. really. Uh-huh. So for the yeah, so for these scenes when he just have to, when he's like holding onto someone's neck or whatever, they're just kind of like flailing. You see his legs flailing around, but it kind of makes me wonder like the uh what the ratio is of you know the human strength to the doll's body, like how strong yeah. actually is Chucky. That's
2: one of the things that you know because even like like when he comes up later yeah when he's when he's strangling mike in the car yeah you know he's like or when he hits
0: or when he hits him with a bat yeah like hard and hard enough to knock him out with like a little toy bat yeah
2: in that little body you're just not going to get the same amount of leverage that you're getting. (laughs) so so i mean uh, one of the things that i commented on when i was first watching these movies all the way through was boy for the lake being the lakeshore strangler Chucky sure doesn't strangle a lot of people in in that's these movies, true. does he? You know, he he does a lot that's of stabbing.
0: That's true. <laughs> but hey. well, he gets his nifty little voodoo knife that I think he he likes a lot more. Yeah,
2: that's true. He's in the second people. movie, yeah.
0: Oh, he has it in the first one. Too. Oh,
2: that's right. That's right. The the little I thought that was I thought that knife was the uh, was like the good guy's knife, which I mean, for goodness' sake, I don't
0: think so. I think it's it's John. I think it's uh, okay. John's
2: voodoo knife. Oh, okay, because I. For for some reason I was thinking, why would they have a good guy knife? Because <laughs> it has a little drawing on it of the blood, you know. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes a lot more sense
1: <laughs>
0: yeah
2: i mean it's like why do they have a gun on the bottom of the of the good guy's shoes you know <laughs> because he's because uh, <laughs> it's the 19 because <laughs> it's the 1980s that's why
0: yeah
2: uh seriously the 80s for toys were kind of the wild wild west in bit. some ways so <laughs>
0: so yeah now Karen obviously. Uh, believes andy about chucking being alive i like that little sequence too of um her just like trying so hard to to chase after him as he's leaving the building down the elevator it kind of shows yeah. off the how cool that apartment building is oh too, yeah that, that, the, that sort the, of the middle elevator in the middle
2: yeah kind of like kind of like uh in what deep red <laughs> that, that old-fashioned <laughs> style uh elevator
0: yep so she goes to see mike um <laughs> and his Trying to convince him that the doll is alive. He's still not into it, but... It's like, um, what did you do to
2: your arm?
0: You know, it's... It's (laughs) it's clearly a bite mark. It's clearly
2: a bite mark, but it's like, what would make a bite mark that size? I think he's he's just kind of puzzled, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, just like, I cannot believe... Because why would you that a good guy doll came to life and bit you? I mean, that, that's just the kind of cognitive dissonance that you can understand why he doesn't believe her. Yeah. It's like, I feel for you, but you you, <laughs> you people are crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know what
0: to tell you. But he has that connection. They've mentioned Charles Lee Ray. He has that connection with Charles Lee Ray. Uh-huh. Goes and pulls his file. And then there's like a really kind of cool scene. Um, is that... Oh now I'm getting conf- I'm confusing myself on my favorite movie. <laughs> what happens next? Well, Does next go after is Mike next? No, I
2: think what this is where she, I believe what Or she goes after the She goes guy. to find the yes. peddler who sold Chucky to her.
0: It's another kind of great um, thing because the movie takes place in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I just like where you can kind of get a feeling for the place too, because it's a big city, like the apartment building they live in and then like this scene and in the cold and the dark at night in the city and he mentions how it's not a good part of town to be in at that time of night when she's going after him and yeah. So she goes and she finds him and they find out that he got the doll from the burned out toy store. From the beginning, and so again slowly convincing Mike that.
2: And this is where Mike looks and pulls the file. Right is after hearing about yes. the, about okay. the. I got myself. Yeah I, yeah, I believe that's where it is. I didn't actually write down plot points, um, in in my notes at all. Really, uh, for either movie, strangely, because uh, I was just kind of like, ah, Michelle, will know the plot points. It's
0: it's in my my. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> mixed up I mixed up those two scenes yeah yes, yeah she, um,
2: believe me i've, I've yeah, done far worse than that cause,
0: so. <laughs> yeah because he mentioned the the toy story got it is the one where charles lee ray died uh-huh. yeah he goes and pulls this file and i like i kind of like the scene too where where Tucky goes after mike yeah and the whole scene in the car yeah. after the car is, but well, even beforehand, it's kind of cool too. The way he like he's behind him and he like stabs through the the seat yeah. of the car. It's almost <laughs> between his it's, legs. It's got a
2: little <laughs> bit of a Three Stooges quality to it. A little bit, you know, where like he's <laughs> like he's pulling himself completely up off the off the seat <laughs> and it's stabbing up, almost hitting him, of course, in the crotch, and yes. uh, it's. <laughs> You know, it's 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 got a little bit of that Evil Dead touch to it. You know, the sort of the Evil Dead mm-hmm. two kind of. I'm I'm name dropping a lot of horror movies. That's not really my intention. <laughs> it's just I don't think there are homages to those, but I think there are some in the second one that are direct homages to other horror movies. And so, oh, oh yeah. there might be a few that Tom Holland is doing throwing in for fun, too. I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. if he did. Because these movies kind of uh, have... More of the comedy in them from the beginning than some other franchises do, but not in a way that is silly or distracting. It's a way no, to. I don't re- think this one is silly. No, all, no, yeah. not in any. I, th- I think. I mean, even to call Bride of Chucky silly, I don't think is correct. I think even though that is definitely a horror comedy, this one is not. Neither is two or three, but they have comedic elements in them
0: i think that's just organically comes from the situation of that it's a doll against yeah. a person <laughs> yeah yeah
2: and i i think that this the second one i think leans into that a little bit more than the yeah. first one does but not it doesn't overplay its hand though either
0: hearing a doll like curse call someone a filthy slut and, <laughs> and try to kill a cop it is kind <laughs> yeah. of funny you know it's it a, a that tirade
2: trouble. you know that he goes on uh, when when he starts yelling at
0: Karen yeah. <laughs> is pretty funny. And there funny. is one, yeah, there's one hilarious part, obviously in this movie that is my favorite is when uh, we're going to going a little bit ahead is when at the, before the final climax, when he's in the elevator and that older couple comes on and it's like, Oh, some <laughs> child's left their doll in here. And she's sleeping ugly doll. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't see him, but like the elevator moves up. He just goes, Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Perfect.
2: There's (laughs) elements of humor in this, but it's not...
0: Where you're getting a little hint of the personality.
2: Yeah. It's not in the... Doesn't tip its hand into cor- horror comedy, no. Uh, really, ever in the first three movies, really. Whereas Bride, once you hit Bride, B- Bri- yeah. Bride, of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, sort of like they're full on horror comedy.
0: And then it goes back to the being scary for Curse. It's
2: probably even darker than any of them when they get hit. When you hit Curse and Cult,
0: I love Curse. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so. Anywho, that's uh, Anywho. that's really getting ahead of ourselves, Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> which is fine. But yeah, I do.
0: I like the scene of, of Mike in the car mm-hmm. and with Chucky like running around him and he, the way Mike has to keep like adjusting. And God, Brad Dourif's laugh. <laughs> Why is it so scary? But it is.
2: Yeah, Dourif really uh, hit the sweet spot on this one. I think Mark Hamill does he a did. nice job in the remake. But man, Brad Dourif is just like, uh. what the... <laughs>
0: I mean it's just cuz he can laugh like hey, 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 hey. and then also his like I said his his voice can get very deep and booming yeah. like when he wants it to be and be so
2: creepy. He's so good. Yeah, he is one of those actors that really has control over his voice. Which oh, God. is great. Yeah. yeah, I love that in an actor.
0: And then Chucky goes to see his little voodoo teacher, uh-huh. John.
2: And this is where we first really see Chucky, the full animatronic uh, sort of stepping in through the window. And it's really, it's so brief. You know, you kind of realize the limitations that they're working with in these Mm -hmm. scenes because how... How long it took them to get that, you know, less than a second of his full shot sort of standing in frame there. You know, I don't know, because that (laughs) because from everything that Kevin Yeager, who designed and built and engineered and operated the, he was was in charge of the operation. Obviously, it took lots of people to operate the doll, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, has said that it was just it was practically impossible task to do this movie. And it's funny because... But it
0: looks so good. It looks
2: really good. And, you know, for a lot of it, they were using a a little person playing Chucky and the big sets they didn't do that so much in the other ones they didn't as far as I understand they didn't really do that in two and three so much they actually so. used the they, they used the animatronic doll much more
0: and you can see exactly where it was the the actors um, Ed Gale yeah. who was the guy who played Chucky and you can see it in certain little scenes where he's walking and yeah like they made the sets had to be made like 50% bigger uh-huh. or something like that and I just I love stuff behind the scenes stuff like yeah that, of how it works and those little even though it's like very he obviously moves he's he like a real person so he's moving very different than the animatronic doll would but mm-hmm. i think it's a, it's a really cool combination of both
2: yeah and you know you really only notice it if you watch for it yeah you know i i, I think if you're not watching There's specific shots it, yeah. that like creep me out yeah but i think they're really effective uh because i mean oh, yeah. you you know that it's ed gale uh climbing the stairs for example up the hospital mm-hmm. you can tell it's him
0: and walking yeah walking around the bed and like climbing up on the bed where he thinks andy is and yeah yeah. and when he's oh the one of the scariest shots of the whole movie is like uh near the end when he's burned up chucky is walking down the hallway yeah that one gets to me
2: (laughs) so the so i mean part of it is just that animatronics were i mean they weren't in their infancy obviously disney had been doing it but doing something like that was pretty new for films obviously this was still several years off from and thank goodness from computer generated effects because i think the yeah. the real doll being there is just so much more effective than sort of the crappy early 90s cgi would have been you know yeah. there are very few early 90s films that didn't have you know jurassic park level budgets that yeah. could pull off the cgi needed for a movie like this i mean the movie any horror movie would not have a big enough budget to be able to pull it off and have it look good at that time Mm. Um, so I'm glad that this first one was made in 88 and they said right, we're doing (laughs) we're doing animatronics
0: which when you think about it that actually works really well in this movie in particular because the whole thing with the the voodoo curse or whatever that is is on him is that the more time that he, he spends in the doll's body the more human he becomes Yes, and so when he becomes kind of more animated when he finally reveals himself in a, as alive there's still a little bit it's not he doesn't movements especially his facial expressions are still not totally human it's still got a little bit of that doll element to it as well which I don't know, makes it more effective it's not doesn't look it, it, you notice when he it changes to him actually moving it like the skin is, is very very different yeah, than yeah, yeah. The, the doll mm-hmm. so there's definitely differences but it, it still moves really well and it's and just the fact that it's still a doll and it still kind of moves like more like a doll than like a human it's what Kind of makes it. Yeah, I think it scarier, works really well. Effective.
2: And then to have it be an improved, kind of the new, improved, updated uh, chassis, I guess that they used in Child's Play Two, you know, and have it have a little mm-hmm. bit more expression and a little bit more capabilities looks a lot movement, better movement. Yeah, yeah um, I. Th- think makes the whole idea of him being more and more merged with this doll um (laughs) even even more effective so almost um these two movies together the improvements in technology that they learned from the first movie of what they needed to do to make that happen uh for the Mm. second movie kind of works for the story too (laughs) and it's it's, it's uh I don't know, it's sort of a happy accident. It's probably not really what they were thinking about and what they really intended to do. But I think it it works uh, exactly for the reasons that you're saying. Because yeah. he's becoming more and more merged and more human. That's something they kind of, not exactly really carried into the like bride of chucky and stuff which is fine it doesn't really matter but that point
0: and being a chucky super fan in terms of the design of chucky he's never looked better to me than he does in especially the first movie but also in the second one yeah because they never after that there's the little differences that he does not look right It's like they mess with the face shape and they mess mm-hmm. with the hair, especially they for some reason they have not gotten the hair right. And I've never really been a fan of the the stitched up scarred yeah. Chucky look from uh, from Bride on. I like him better when he's like still looking like a doll because that's a little scary. And <laughs> yeah, my the design is just killer. In the first one, he looks, that's when he looks absolutely perfect. I would love, if anybody's out there and wants to buy me a Christmas present, I would love a, <laughs> a life-size, like, replica of Chucky from the first movie. <laughs> I've seen him before at conventions, and I'm like, oh, my God, I would love to have one of those. Those
2: are amazing. Yeah. Okay, so we, so he's revealed himself to Mike. Mike's on board now. <laughs> that's kind of where we're at oh, we were movie. at.
0: Yeah, we are at the scene with um, the, the voodoo guy where Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's in. What he's got to do. hmm I like how John talks to him too, when uh, John is like, hey, look, it's me. It's Chucky. Like, he's he's a little, like, freaked out, obviously, at first that this doll is talking to him. But he still, like, talks to him like like Chucky because, you know, he, obviously he knows what he's done. Yep. Because he's taught him how to do this video curse. And he's like, you're an outrage against nature. <laughs> I love this actor. He's so good.
2: Yeah, it's great. And um, so... This is
0: Chucky learns that he's becoming more human mm-hmm. the more time that he spends in the doll's body, yeah. and to get out he has to transfer his soul into the body of the person that he first revealed his true self to, which was Andy. Which was Andy. So he's like, "I'm gonna be a six year old
2: boy again.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm gonna be six years old again.
2: I'm doing a terrible <laughs> imitation, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he does the whole thing with the voodoo doll with John, which oh, is yeah. kind of fun. When he does the broken leg thing, ah, mm-hmm. oh, that's so good. That's
2: yeah it's it's intensity is really strong and then um this is probably the goriest scene in the movie too because you know he's like he's hemorrhaging blood uh when Mm. mike and uh and karen find him there yeah so now we're kind of up this is where we have andy in the hospital right
0: Mm -hmm. he's kind of getting ready because he knows i think he knows that chucky is going to come after him he sees him like climbing up the stairs uh-huh. outside uh, the hospital and this is where Alex Vincent like really kills me with his acting is when he yells you know he's yelling for the doctors to come and help him like Chucky's you know he's going to kill me or whatever and he starts crying in this scene mm-hmm. and hearing a little kid cry and being like he's going to kill me you know please don't leave me yeah like, damn well, I mean, the, that gets to you and the
2: adults in this movie are never really particularly malicious they're just no i mean they th- trying to this? be responsible Uh, He's trying to calm him down by giving him a shot, as is often the case in movies. You know, take this sedative you'll feel better
0: that's put you to sleep it's like, so calm me down you just
2: killed me mother no just kidding that's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't really like the, this the part where chucky kills the doctor it's a little bit too elaborate it doesn't really i don't think it really fits in with kind of the rest of the movie the way he he puts the electroshock thing on his head yeah. and like electrocutes him and i don't know for some reason that that kill sequence is a little bit it's it's not the the slashery vibe that you get from the rest of it. It's a too elaborate and it's too, too weird that well, I think it's he, would, kind of, he would kill somebody that this way.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a product of its time, you know, where audience had kind of, audiences had seen all kinds of knife kills and <laughs> slash kills, <laughs> you know.
1: Maybe. I mean, think, think
2: of the uh, number of slashers that had been released by 1988. Good yeah. lord. I mean, it was un- sure. unbelievable. But they're trying to yeah, do yeah, like the, different maybe yeah, with this? Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. Just trying to say, let's, let's give them something they haven't seen before and, <laughs> you know, it's okay. It doesn't bother me uh, exactly. It's just it's it's fine. I just
0: don't think it fits in as well. Yeah, I would agree. with the rest I of the agree. movie. But I also like the scene too when um, it's just Andy. It's just kind of showing off, you know, that he's he's a little kid and like little kids, the way he's um he's got the little scalpel in his hand and he's watching for Chucky and the way he yeah. like stumbles up against something twice and like falls over like like a little kid does, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah. Just reminds you like what's really at, as much fun as we're having like watching this doll, you know, do all this cool stuff. Like it kind of reminds you of like what the real stake are here is that he's after this little kid
2: yeah and so so I'm kind of I'm kind of hazy here in a moment because he gets they get back to the apartment
0: yeah they go they go to the hospital looking for Andy and um, she had told him you know whenever he's in trouble to go home yeah, Andy gets back to the apartment first, and somehow Chuck. This is there's two like kind of unbelievable plot points that don't really work, even though I can I can brush them aside when he comes down the chimney. <laughs> oh right, yeah, <laughs> into the apartment. Yeah, like, it's a gas you know fireplace, you know, so it's the <laughs> <laughs> like how did you know like how to get in there and that you were going into the right apartment? Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, he's there. <laughs> he's there in the apartment. He's trying to. Uh, he knocks Andy out and tries to do the. The voodoo chant on him again when um, Mike and Karen come in. We're gonna play, hide the soul. hide the soul. Yeah, I think this whole like final like climactic chase scene is really cool too. Mm. It's really
2: good, and I when um when they get,
0: I like how it. Sorry. One thing I just thought of, actually, I kind of like how it because Karen and Mike arrive, but I like how it kind of puts Mike out of commission yeah. for the fight and that it's just Andy and Karen because they've been the main characters that we're following this whole time uh-huh. and, and falling in love with really and wanting to see succeed And it. Again, it shows off the Karen being in that fierce protective mother you know doing yeah doing anything to save her son
2: it gets around the i mean okay i love halloween i think it's practically a perfect movie but it does have sort of this last minute savior moment where loomis comes in and shoots yeah. michael whereas i think how powerful would it have been if Lori yeah. had been given that moment You know, if Laurie had had that catharsis, if Laurie had been the one to really be the victor, I, I think that would have been powerful. And you get that with you get that here with Karen and Andy. In mm-hmm. a lot of ways, because totally. I mean, this movie has like six endings, but you know, this, this <laughs> but I, I mean, this is not unusual for horror movies. Well, <laughs> anytime post carry, right. There always has to be, Sorry. you know, like 27 endings. Right. But um, <laughs> this is my favorite one. This is my favorite, I guess, quote unquote, defeat of Chucky. They she traps him inside the grate of the fireplace, uses that grate on the fireplace, and he's railing against it and flailing and <laughs> yelling and spills the matches on the floor. and then Andy comes over and picks up one of the matches and lights it and light and you know he's standing there with the match, and Chucky goes, but Andy. I'm your friend We're till to the, the end. end. We're friends to that. the end, and he goes. This is the end, friend. And <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> he's so good. It's perfect. I love it. It's I love perfect. It. <laughs> Honestly, I I kind of wish that was the ending. I understand why it's not, but you know, hey. Um, and throws the throws the match in, and and it burns him that's a great sequence. It's, it's so good. And it's,
0: it, it's, it goes on for a long time. Jim, them just watching him. How does it not like catch the rest of the apartment? on fire? I, know, I don't know. I know, but, <laughs> but, but that's, sh- that shot of his body is just kind of like, um, as he's laying on the ground, he's like, kind of like bouncing up and down, like screaming as his, as the fires kind of like smoldering down on him. It's so good Like yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then another like great, creepy moment is when they go in to, uh, to take care of Mike because he got a little, like knife thing behind the knee which ugh, yeah I know don't do that I know. ouch I hate that <laughs> and then when Andy goes in to get the um, the first aid kit and he sees Chucky's gone and uh, again it was just the way he can deliver his lines the, the little kid voice maybe is just what gets to me Is like mommy Chucky's gone yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, and you know we you have uh, Catherine
2: Hicks, you know, blow his head off and <laughs> blows that, arms and that legs scene off.
0: Of, <laughs> that scene of him in the hallway, he oh god, that I think they do a great job with the the reveal shots. Of burned up Chucky. They do. Kind of like starts at his feet and like goes up to his head, like just revealing. He looks so. uh, The effects on that. I would love to have one of the replicas too that I would love to have is like just his head when he's all burnt up.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, like at the end, because the, he's got like one eye is open uh-huh. more than the other. And, like, you can just, you see, like, the detail is so good. You see, the, like, the little bits of melted plastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. still kind of stuck there, too. And his hair burned off. Oh, that, that, that hallway scene where um, Andy's, Andy's on the, the floor and Chucky's, like, walking towards him with the knife. He t- there's, like, the one shot where it's Ed Gale and it, he, like, takes, like, one step towards him yeah. with the knife and i don't know just like the angle that they chose and like the, the movements that is such a creepy shot to oh yeah me. and when i it's when i so say well the done. movie
2: has six endings i'm not saying any of those endings are bad no, <laughs> you
1: they're,
0: know it's they're, still going. they're it's all still they're all good
2: they're just a lot of them you know because
0: well yeah because she blows them up yeah like you said he blows off his head she, and she, his she well and the thing <laughs> is she goes
2: oh, this is why i'm confused a little bit Uh Because she shoots him like three times through the back into where his heart would be.
0: No, I don't think she ever gets close to his heart. That's what it
2: looks like to me.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that shot of like just the body kind of moving. Yeah, yeah. She shoots. It looks so good. She
2: shoots him in in the back because I thought she was thinking, you know, got to shoot him in the heart. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. And, but uh, obviously I am because he comes back one more time, you know, (laughs) another,
0: yeah. Another kind of unbelievable thing. I like that. They bring back the other, I don't even know his name. Oh, Uh, I don't either. The Uh, the other other Mike's partner comes back for that shot. And don't touch any part of it. Yeah. It's just another kind of like building up the tension Mm. when he's like, just playing with his head. head. You know, you think, you think he's, he's gone, but the movie's not over yet. So something's going to happen. And then like the other, like, unbelievable <laughs> Plot point is when the body comes out of the vent. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's just (laughs)
0: like, how did you get in there? It's a jump jump scare. It's a jump scare.
2: It's sort of like, eh. It's 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 fine. You know, it's it's a it's the carry ending, and it comes down. Shoot it in the heart. Shoot it in the heart. And then you finally get the blood.
0: But again, that that plays out so well too. Like just the the body, like pulling himself up by the curtain. Like uh, the animatronics. Oh, the animatronics are terrific. So fucking good. And you know, you
2: think considering that it's 1988, and you know the. These mm. kinds of things were kind of new. They they were, had done some things, of course, but it was not on this level. Uh, you're wearing your Tales from the Crypt shirt there. And, you yeah. know, the, the Crypt Keeper in its early iteration, well, like you said, was Chucky, was the yeah. chassis of the Chucky from this movie, um, yep. just redressed. It was fairly, quote-unquote, primitive compared to where those went. Um, Kevin Yeager, I think, is... I think he's a little bit underrated. Oh god. Yeah. You
0: know how many how much stuff he's worked on? The
2: stuff he did the transformations he did on Nightmare Two are yeah. astounding. I mean, those I I don't I have a lot of problems with that movie as far as plot goes but the effects in that movie I think are some of the best in the series. I love the makeup that he did for Freddy in 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. I think that's the those are the best Freddy makeups, the most iconic.
0: Yep. I I just on Demon really Knight. appreciate
2: what he what he did. And of course the tales yeah. from the crypt stuff he did.
0: The Demon Knight, he also did a uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: And he married Catherine Hicks.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, this um there is several endings but I do like how it eventually Ended I up. do. I do too. Ends up because again, this this last line from Chucky is so creepy. The way um, it's just you know he shot him in the heart, and then the doll's head uh, just says, "Hi, I'm Chucky." Went up. It starts out with Brad Durve's voice. Yeah. The line does, and then it go- it transitions into the doll's voice uh-huh. to go, "I want to play." Oh uh-huh. God. That still gets I, to me. I really <laughs>
2: do like, like I just said. I really do like all of the endings, but it does have a lot of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um,
0: I, I see that, but yeah. I love Chucky's. So yeah. <laughs> I look. I can let a lot of that stuff. go. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. and I'm 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 not <laughs> saying I would cut any of them. To be honest yeah. with you, I I like the way it plays out, and I love the f- closing shot. I, I love having mm-hmm. Andy just kind of staring back because this is, I mean, to me, that's kind of, it's kind of the Sally ending of Texas Chainsaw. You know, this kid ain't going to be right for a while.
0: Yeah, th- it's over, but yeah, his nightmare in his mind, his trauma is I, yeah. just beginning. Yeah.
2: But I really like that ending. Um, I think it's I really strong and I play good movie.
0: Yay. So that was Child's Play, my favorite horror movie of all time. I don't know what else to say that we haven't said already. I think it's it's so much better than either people remember, like they haven't got like I think most of the ones that people latch on to now are the ones they like to rewatch or the more fun ones from from later on in the franchise. I, I get a sense that Bride
2: of Chucky is kind of a fan yeah. favorite though Though uh, Don Mancini tends to disagree. He says that he seems to think that the fan favorite is two, which right on. I'm good with that, Um, (laughs) though I do get a lot of commenting about uh, Bride of Chucky as just a fun movie which it is it a is. fun movie it is a fun movie it's it's, it is. it's not my favorite and neither is seed to be honest i i think they <laughs> they just strike a tone that you know i like horror comedy but
0: i don't know those just don't really jive with you no, that's fine and, yeah. and they're, they're, okay. Have to. they're
2: okay they're okay they're I, okay i mean they're just not really my thing i guess
0: yeah yeah but um just going back to this original film i think it is I'm not going to say it's underrated, but I would say it, maybe people don't give it enough credit for being as effective and as well crafted a horror movie as it actually is, because I yeah. think it just gets a little overshadowed by Chucky's personality and character that he becomes in the later movies.
2: Mm hmm. And I think the same is true because, like, when I I made a comment that I thought Freddy Krueger was the greatest horror villain of all time, but I made a caveat in the first movie. In
0: the first movie.
2: (laughs) Because he changed so much. Uh, Chucky, I don't think, changes quite as drastically as that but he does Mm -hmm. change he does get more of the gallows humor and more of the that kind of quippy thing going on especially in in bride and and seed
0: yeah anytime the villain just talks more is just it's less scary to me it's less effective yeah anytime you hear more of them or see more of their personality even though it's a fun personality and i love i love chucky and the the later movies Mm -hmm. totally for what he becomes but just as a horror movie this first movie is a banger it really is my favorite will always be my favorite and i'm so happy that i finally got to talk about it yay 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 Okay,
2: switching gears over—not too much, just a little bit—to the sequel, *Child's Play* two. Uh, so David Kirshner uh, approached. Uh, obviously, Tom Holland was like, "Ah, I made my movie. I'm d- I'm I'm good." So uh, David Kirshner knew that there was definitely room for a sequel uh, to *Child's Play* and there it was a successful enough film to do so so he approached uh, the writers uh, that he had worked with on the first movie so don mancini yep. and john lafia john, john La and uh, i don't know if it's lafia or lafia i've heard it
0: La- i always say lafia i've heard it
2: bo- i've heard it both ways uh, so John was going to direct and Don was going to write, uh, but they kind of worked together on shaping the script, as I understand um, if, if from my research. But anyway, the two were able to sort of pull in some of their ideas that they were excited about uh, that they wrote into the script for the first movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the climax in the Toy Factory I think was part of Did that.
0: Did they want to use? I think so.
2: Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on that too much because I, I'm not <laughs> positive but that I believe that was one of the things. So about what I love about Child's Play 2 is okay where Child's Play is the first film is more often from the adult's point of view. It has that very grounded real world kind of feeling to it. This one is more like a fairy tale world. Yes. Everything looks big. It's very child's point of view.
0: The The look of the film is so different from the first one. Mm. The first one was very kind of dark and gritty. And Mm -hmm. this one is so colorful. Yeah. Just in every scene, it's like so colorful and bright all the time.
2: Yeah. Maybe it's because I just wrote, uh, not wrote, but watched and talked about Suspiria. But I got (laughs) just a little bit of that vibe rewatching this because there are even some elements of like shot choices that are there's this distortion at the edge of the frame and when the camera moves it sort of has this sort of eerie weird effect of of that (laughs) movement and honestly some of the shot choices are a lot bolder you know like there's this moment where andy is just throw tossing a ball against a chain yes. fence and that's something that Tom Holland wouldn't do but it mm. works in this movie because we're looking at it through this looking up at the world point of view for so much of the movie
0: it's mostly from the point of view of Andy uh, and Kyle and Kyle yeah. yeah
2: and the colors pop more uh, a lot of the fairy tale quality to it including mentions of fairy tales you know Pin- yes. Pinocchio <laughs> and Hansel and Gretel are, Hansel and Gretel. Bo- are both explicitly mentioned in this movie,
1: that one yeah.
0: teacher thing, yeah, the classroom thing where they're they're always talking or reading something that directly has to do with the movie yes. that they're in <laughs> I know when she's reading from Pinocchio. Pinocchio and saying, "I'm alive, I'm alive." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
2: the the real I like that moment. The real boy. So we start out that opening credits even even from the opening credits where you're just yes. seeing them. Um, I love the opening credits. Uh, the uh refurbishing the chucky Re- rebuilding doll.
0: chucky yeah. and bringing back that i like when they um when the the title card comes on is after they they have popped out his eye and it's just like that shot of mm-hmm. the burned up chucky head yeah <laughs> and there's that little there's that little sound effect too when it says it's just as child's play too and there's like a little slash uh-huh. sound effect as it says as the two comes the up the two looks like it's drawn Perfect.
2: in blood yeah
0: yeah. It it kind of lets you know maybe that they're going to have a little bit more fun with this movie mm-hmm. than with the first one. Yeah. Which I really like. And you kind of get that from the uh, the Frankenstein <laughs> opening which is, yeah. makes absolutely no sense.
2: But there there are a lot of things I I guess there there are things that uh, this one leans a little bit more into the sort of absurdity of the premise yes you know in a good way in a good way a really exactly good way. it doesn't yeah uh, it, it doesn't overdo it either you know it's having
0: fun with the concept yeah, yeah whereas the first one was more about being scary and being suspenseful this mm-hmm. is about like okay now we know Chucky is alive mm-hmm. and that he can do these things and this is the personality that we've come to know let's play it up yeah. keep going with it and just have fun with it but still be very scary there's still some very effective scenes yeah. in this one too
2: yeah so they've rebuilt Chucky as at the uh, Good Guy Toy Factory, uh, even here, you know, you get sort of this the moving camera, even with this adult-filled sequence that has sort of a everything is big surrounding them kind of feel yes. to it. it. Has sort of a Citizen Kaney thing going on, I guess, as far as the power of these people that they wield, and um, <laughs> uh, we, we get to see how the eye popper <laughs> thing works too. You know how they pop the eyes into the doll which comes back later yep, sure it <laughs> is and uh yeah the the, the so the frankenstein opening is you're talking about where he, the doctor gets shocked because of the when they put the eyes into the thing with the machine yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like that's the way that chucky e comes back to life yeah. is the machine malfunctions yeah. and there's electricity that's going into his body his, his eyes get red and somehow i was always thinking he's back i was always which, thinking which whatever <laughs>
2: I didn't. I guess I thought of it more as like the power coming out of Chucky. You know, like it was the voodoo power. <laughs> the voodoo power's back, and it's shocking this guy. That's kind of what Maybe. I thought. But, but
0: where would it come from? I he's don't got, know. The only thing that's the same is about him is the head, that's because he's true. got a new. He's got a totally new body. That's
2: yeah. I I don't know. I I I don't really care. Either. And the thing is, it doesn't really matter because obviously, because yeah, we talked about. I don't care. We, got to, we talked about you, you got to destroy the heart. Well, the heart is destroyed. Yes. So, how does any of this movie and any of the following movies make sense? And I think Don Mancini and John Lafayette knew that.
0: And they were just like, whatever. We just want to bring Chucky back.
2: And then in three, you know, how it's you know, blood into the vat. His, his blood ends up in the vat of the type. <laughs>
0: that's, no, that's my favorite opening <laughs> yeah. credit sequence is in three yeah. with all the, the the blood and the melted wax uh-huh. just kind of like flying through the screen and like slowly forming the Chucky head. I think that's fucking yeah. awesome. And so, I love those opening credits. So just this
2: idea that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a stretch, but, you know. It's
0: a good way to lean into the new story though because you know they obviously have to reference the first movie mm-hmm. it's like that th- they've got the doll that mm-hmm. you know it's caused all this controversy that this kid said this doll killed all these people uh-huh. and it brings in the uh, the main guy <laughs> he's such a dick <laughs> the older oh, definitely, one definitely
2: <laughs> definitely they do a lot of uh, this is where you have you know Don Mancini really leaning into some of those how f- things are advertised to children mm-hmm. uh,
0: and that these are the people, are are the people that are advertising to children it. yeah
2: these people that And don't they're like care. awful people they're terrible which you know I don't know if that's how we thought of his father <laughs>
0: maybe that's just how he thought of his father's job or (laughs) or his father's
2: co-workers perhaps you know or his father's boss
0: maybe Um, but it does make sense for like how how he he's able to come back and then how he's able to find andy yeah it it works in that way maybe just doesn't work with his method of resurrection does not work well as well yeah
2: it's 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 nutty but it kind of works for the whole fairy tale idea of the movie. So we end up with I like this cast a lot because of course we oh, have yeah. Alex Vincent and Brad Dourif returning. Uh, Andy is now at what is it? I don't know. Like a I they
0: call it a like a child's trauma center yeah. actually. Yeah. So it's like a,
2: which is run by Grace Zabriskie from yeah. from Twin Peaks, which is In Twin Peaks baby great, maybe. and she plays a character named Grace. Grace school. Yep. So I, I actually like Garrett Graham and Jenny Agator. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Agator? Yeah, I think, I don't it's. Know. I've heard it pronounced different ways, but I think they're great. Um, as Phil and Joanne, the f- sort of yes. foster parents here, they're believable, but they're a little intimidating because we're watching them from this point of view this child's point of view mm. unfortunately uh Karen has been she uh what do they say because she
0: she testified she backed, she backed up yeah
2: she packed up uh his story in her testimony and she got sent to an institution because of it which I know that Catherine Hicks would have liked to be in this sequel but probably yeah that she has said as much but it uh, it's okay I think it would
0: have been nice to have both her and Chris Sarandon back but I think they said like budgetary constraints mostly prevented them from doing that
2: which I would think would definitely be the case yeah Uh, so they came up with something very different uh where you have these this sort of foster home situation you know where you're coming into a strange world as a kid and you know walking into walking into their house yes the first time you see it's it it's so weird it's a
0: weird house and it's like because it's a normal totally normal house on the outside uh-huh. just plain clapboard white house on a it, i like how it's, it's also interesting this movie that it changes the setting so much too mm-hmm. we go from like the city with like you know buildings and skyscrapers and concrete and now we're on just like a regular suburb street yeah. but yeah their house on the outside looks so normal and then they step inside
2: and okay so my term for what this house looks like on the inside is I say it, it looks like it's spun out of cotton candy because everything yes. in there is sort of that candy blue and pink.
0: It's so weird. And it, it's just, <laughs>
2: and it's, everything is so beautiful big and sort of oddly sized and everything is sort of from these low angles with really wide lenses and so everything just sort of distorts at the edges
0: it has a little bit of a like a fisheye yeah look to it
2: yeah Yeah. and it's filled with antiques and this really fragile stuff you know that kids shouldn't quote unquote shouldn't touch and
0: uh, which why are they foster parents yeah (laughs) they have all this fragile stuff
2: (laughs) But I think that Joanne, you know, comes across as very motherly and sort of instantly where, and Phil comes across as a little bit of the authority, authoritarian. He seems unsure. A little bit more of a hard ass. Yeah, yeah. But he's not, he's not, not so much not in terrible. a terrible way. He's just, he's an authority, but he's not. He's not unduly terrifying or cruel no, or not. anything like that. He's, you know, an antique gets broken and he's like, well, I'm sorry to say you're grounded. You know, that that it's that kind of a thing. I have no choice but to ground you both, you know, uh, and the both that we're talking about the other is the other foster child they have, which is Kyle, which is one of your favorite characters.
0: Yes. Yeah. Kyle is probably my favorite horror character. My favorite final girl of all time. Yeah. definitely. I can't wait to talk, talk about her. Yeah. But I just wanted to say too, in um, when they first get to Phil and Joanne's house, I like that little moment that kind of gives you, you know, because this isn't—they don't mess terribly with revealing too much of the characters in in this movie. But I like there's one little line in this that gives you a little bit of a hint of maybe what they're what they're going through because you know when they were talking to Grace earlier, they've they've had a lot of foster kids mm-hmm. in their care, you know, in the past. So that's this is obviously something that they do all the time. And then when they're talking about this little statue, you you know she says oh. that you know her grandmother gave it to her mother and my mother gave it to me when andy asked you know, and who You're are you gonna, gonna give it, give it to? to she gets that look on her face that you know it kind of makes you wonder probably that they can't have kids right. which is probably something that they've been struggling with i'm sure which is maybe why you know phil is a little bit not not as willing to get as close to the kids maybe as she is maybe because he's he wishes it was his own kid because yeah. he has a line too that Andy hears later on is like, he's not our child. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you just get like a little hint of their characters from that. I like that. I do too. But Kyle. Hell yeah, Kyle Kyle is We meet her smoking in her room. Christine Elise, Mm -hmm. looking (laughs) badass, the first shot of her is her smoking in her room, wearing her uh, little signature motorcycle hat that she would Uh have uh, later on as Emily Valentine uh, on 90210. I think it was like the next year is when she was on 90210, Mm -hmm. when she started in 91. But yeah, Kyle is... uh, I'm just waiting for the moment when I can just like gush about Kyle because <laughs> she is just absolutely my favorite um, final girl, really favorite, my favorite horror character in general. For some reason, I've always like really latched on to, to Kyle. There was a series of articles that I had when I was writing for Wicked Horror it was uh, is called Noteworthy Heroines of Horror. And is just basically what it sounds like is so I wanted to talk about just some of my favorite you know women characters and horror but focus kind of more on the ones that don't get talked about as much Mm -hmm. and i don't want to write about like laurie strode or nancy thompson because you know we've heard all that stuff before Uh and the very i wanted to do it because i really wanted to write an article on kyle and that was the first one that i ever wrote was on her yeah because she's my favorite. And not to brag or whatever, but this is just being a Chucky super fan and being a Kyle super fan. I actually got an email from Christina Elise. She found the article, she read it, and she sent me like a thank you email for it. And then... (laughs) when I got to meet her later on a few years later at a convention like again being a super fan like I'm not trying to brag but this has just been super cool for me because I love the whole franchise and everything so much like being able to go to conventions I've been able to meet so many people from the franchise it just kind of just deepens my love of it even more just they're, they're so excited to talk about it and meet people and uh did finally get to meet Christina Lee, and I mentioned this article that I had written about her, and she totally remembered it and remembered me and just makes me love her and Kyle even
2: more. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> it's nice when people i've I've had a couple of people reach out to me uh, on occasion yeah, through, cool, through bloody right? disgusting, and it's just kind of like, oh, wow, well, I like I heard from the composer of uh, Session nine, Awesome. and so I thought that was kind of cool. And I, I once heard from Stephen King, but you know that's that's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway you
0: gotta tell that sometimes. <laughs> i I'll,
2: if we ever talk about cats I, I can i can talk about that one anyway <laughs> moving on sorry no that's that's so cool that's,
0: this is just my favorite element of yeah. this movie is kyle so i just get really excited when i, yeah, I when think, i talk about her i
2: think that's a and you know we'll, we'll probably talk about her a little bit more when she becomes more prominent in the movie. But at this point, you know, we're, we know the parents know about the trauma that Andy experienced with this good guy doll. And they actually found that they had, they have one in their closet yeah. but it's talks and it's Tommy that's
0: a great shot of Ginny mm-hmm. <laughs> no Jin, just Ginny Agata like holding onto the doll that's talking mm-hmm. and like their facial expressions are just like Duh, shut this thing up yeah. <laughs> the fact that there's another good guy doll in the house uh-huh. you know, obviously adds a lot to uh, some of the later scenes when Chucky finally shows up that there's there's two of them and they're not sure which one it is half the time yeah that's a great that's a great element to bring into this one it's
2: it's effective it works really well so Chucky he ends up finding out where Andy is, and he gets driven there <laughs> by by, <laughs> by the. Sort of the underling, I guess, of the yeah uh, yeah. So it's <laughs> all very kind weird. of unbelievable, I mean, another
0: kind of unbelievable thing yeah. that the uh, the child center would actually give away his address yeah. to somebody. Cause he just says, "This is his uncle Charles." It's like, yeah, nah. it's
2: it's a little <laughs> bit of a stretch um, because yeah. obviously in nowadays, I mean that you don't give it away to anybody. I mean, no. I mean if you don't know who this person is, I mean, yeah, there's no way. So it would be like uh, we will. Because it's basically like a shelter. Confirm you know, you and we will do all kinds of different things to to make sure this is really the case. Uh, yes. So so it's a it's a stretch, uh, but. You know, yeah hey whatever both of these movies have their moments of of a stretch in them right
0: i'll just keep saying it i don't really care. i know and that's that's <laughs> the thing i it, it, i'll just mention it but there's I don't, a lot I don't, of willful doesn't really bother me at
2: all yeah it's willful suspension of disbelief and it's kind of a pleasure to willfully suspend your suspend your disbelief in movie with yeah. the movie is entertaining you as much as these do yeah so okay uh so chucky kidnaps the tommy doll and buries it in the backyard <laughs> and under the swing and
0: that's a nice little scene too that's kind of the, the fairy tale like going into the more spooky element yeah. there's a big storm happening uh-huh. you know and that uh-huh. that part shut up you idiot yeah <laughs> talking to tommy. <laughs> eat dirt, tommy eat dirt tommy
2: <laughs> yeah so i mean so you have chucky now impersonating this other this other doll so I'm I'm probably getting my ahead of myself anyway, but uh, that's okay. So Good. I really like the scene at the school. You have uh, you have Beth, Beth, the great Beth Grant. Yes, as, I love Beth Grant as Miss uh, Kettlewell. <laughs> reading Pinocchio of course which has every, <laughs> everything to do with what we're talking about in the movie the themes of the movie because uh, that's always the case but I really like you know she's I, and Beth Grant is always so good always. And she's she's one of those faces we were talking off mic was we saying she's sort of like the Dick Miller
1: uh, like she, maybe you don't know her name
0: but when she shows up you're like oh uh, yeah, that lady yeah, yeah that, I love that her one
2: um, she's she's so great and she's got the just say no button on and the,
0: yes um, <laughs> I actually just know that for the first time when i was re-watching it yeah. i was like oh yeah i like andy's line in this scene too because he's like the new kid in class and so there's one kid that's kind of messing with messing with him thwacks him on the ear and andy's i love andy's like insult to him is calling him a microchip <laughs> <laughs> like what is that you yeah, know one of the things Get that's lost always... microchip right one of the things
2: that's always so weird in movies too, you have the new kid getting on the bus, and immediately you start harassing them. That's that's sort of always the case, and I mean, it just looks like a normal kid. I mean, have they heard stories yeah. about about him and and his good guy doll? I don't know. That's possible. Probably not. And but yeah, so he always has to and has to sit at the back of the bus,
0: which is where all the cool kids. sit. I know, so I, I know. So I mean, it's like if, if this was real, he would have been
2: saying, "All right, sit in the front, you loser." Exactly. But um, but back to school here obviously the stern taskmaster of a you can't you have to stay in during recess and i can't even remember what he did uh to earn having to stay in during recess but
0: because chucky had followed him to the school and while they were while they were outside at recess he found andy's paper and he wrote fuck you bitch oh that's
2: right but why would he know such words it's like,
0: no, that's it. No toys. Put your head down.
2: And so T- Chucky gets thrown in the closet. Now, um, this has one of the, a little bit of those homages I was talking about. When she goes into the closet and the the light swinging back and forth, it's a little bit like Psycho in the reveal. But the fact that she gets beaten to death with a yardstick. <laughs> just, I love it. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, jeez. How strong is Chucky? <laughs> exactly. You know? Um, but here we're also really, these scenes were really showing off how much improvement they've made on the Chucky doll yeah. by this point. He's slapping the yardstick in his hand. It's a great gift, too. The way he's walking yeah, the looks way he's so much walking. better. So much smoother. Mm-hmm. Everything is just absolute next level as far as um, the practical effects. And it's not gory. We just kind of see the blood on the yardstick. Well,
0: first he stabs through the her with window. a tire pump. Yeah, that, oh, that's right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, and she like blows off the thing. He like pumps it <laughs> and she just <laughs> she gets blown off.
0: <laughs> oh, you missed a good scene that, um, that I really like is when Chucky uh, first kind of reveals that he's back to Andy when he wakes up and he's tied oh, to the bed. Was with that John before Forks. that?
2: Oh, that's before the school scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I was. Uh, that's right. We're gonna play hide the soul, and you're in. It, right.
0: <laughs> it's a good. It's a good moment for the whole family too. Mm-hmm. I think just kind of again, like because I love Kyle, like revealing a little bit more yeah, about because she sneaks that in Kyle. through yeah. his
2: window, and because they both been grounded for break. Oh, that's okay. I've really skipped a lot because because <laughs> uh, they get grounded because. Chucky beat Tommy to death. Beat Tommy. <laughs> with with the figu- with the, <laughs> and broke with, the statue. with the figurine and broke it and it's smashed. Uh, Phil has no choice but to ground them and then that's right. Chucky ties up Andy with the jump ropes and he's going to yeah. he's going to do the soul thing
0: and this whole time andy has been because he's overheard like that phil has said about him andy is trying to you know quote unquote be normal trying to maybe he's trying to convince himself that it wasn't really real or that he doesn't have to be afraid of this new you know chucky doll that's that's in the house which you know, we know is the real Chucky. And he starts playing with the doll that he thinks is Tommy. Right. And trying to, trying to maybe convince not only, you know, his foster parents that he's, as traumatized or as needs as much help as because phil is right mm-hmm. essentially when he's talking about his worries about if they're able to care for andy because you know the kid obviously has a lot of trauma, trauma. because mm-hmm. of what he's been through and just kind of wondering if they're you know qualified enough to deal with you know whatever might come up from that you know obviously we know that it's it's real and that yeah. Chucky's really after him but they don't
2: i do really like that because the link to that what you're talking about is where andy walks in to the kitchen holding. And he's the, holding the, Tommy. Yeah, the Tommy. Tommy slash Chucky. Slash Chucky, yeah. And they have <laughs> Phil and Joanne kind of share a look, uh, share a moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe, maybe things are going to be okay after all. It looks like Andy's had some kind of a breakthrough here. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice moment. And it's just a moment.
0: I think a lot of
2: the strengths of this movie is in some of those kinds of brief moments uh, like we've already brought up.
0: And there's good moments between Andy and Kyle when they get um, in trouble about the statue and they have to do chores. And so she's she's working in the garden and then talking about her past, you know, being growing up in foster care her dad left and you know before she was born and then her mom put her up for adoption when she was 3 yeah. so she's basically been in foster care her whole life yeah. and that's one of the things that I really really like about Kyle's character is that on the outside she's very much kind of trying to be like the the, the tough girl you know she's yeah. you know smoking and wearing the leather hat and i think her the outside image that she projects is very different than who she actually is she's an incredibly like caring sweet person you know you would expect someone who grow up who grew up in foster care maybe to have a lot of anger mm-hmm. or a lot of animosity towards everybody you know, pretty much just angry at the world, like feelings of abandonment and all that stuff that kids can get from growing up like that. But she doesn't. She's Mm -hmm. still a good person with a good heart. She's not, you'd expect her also to maybe be fighting with Phil and Joanne and, you know, because she's rebelling against them in a way like you know sneaking out at night and they joanne's always trying to like turn them into a family like i mean we want you to have you know dinner with us and but she's kyle has to go to work because she's going to be on her own and so she's preparing to be an adult and but she's still she doesn't she's not antagonistic with them no. at all no which i really like she i think she recognizes that they're they're good people, which they are mm-hmm. kind of get the sense of like all the different kind of families that she's probably grown up with. Like, you know, these are actually good people. And she tries to instill, I love how she tries to like instill her, her was her wisdom and her experiences onto Andy, who is a kid that's new to the foster care system. You know, she does a, a great job of kind of being a mentor to him it's saying things like, you know, you gotta, you know, every time like people try to send me back or whatever, I just, it just makes me realize that the only person I can count on is myself. Mm-hmm. And now you have to learn that too, Andy. That's why, that's a big reason why I love her character. I love the way that who she projects herself to be or who you would expect her to be is not at all who she is. And she's just a genuinely good person who actually comes to, she fights so hard for Andy, you know, by the end of the movie and she doesn't really have to, you know, she's only known him for a couple of days, but that's just the kind of person she is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely and I, there's also a, there's a nice little in that garden scene you know Andy's trying to m- make her remember how to just be a kid for a minute mm-hmm. you know where she's,
0: playing on the swing playing
2: on the swing and then of course Chucky's watching seeing the <laughs> feet you know digging at the ground where Tommy is buried underneath it's a nice uh, sort of double <laughs> double yeah. meaning to that scene there and then I guess we get the school and, and the the murdering the teacher and but okay so obviously Chucky's becoming a problem so so Phil throws Chucky into the basement. That's, that's after, that's, yeah, after
0: he woke up with, with him tied to the bed. To the
2: jump ropes. and says, "Yeah, see, he's in the basement. It's all taken care of. No problem."
0: Which okay, another thing that doesn't really make sense. We have okay, he threw him down into the basement. They have the school thing. Andy runs home from school, and then he's talking to Phil and Joanne. And Chucky's already back in the basement. Yeah, like how did he? Because do- he had because he after Andy ran away, like he stopped and he killed right the teacher. So it's like. How did he get there so fast? Well, well I don't know, really care. I don't know, Again, I don't, I don't really care.
2: Teleportation. <laughs> Jason and Michael, you know, can do it. Why not Chucky, right?
0: It's just little things that I noticed, but yeah, you know, I've seen this movie yeah. dozens and dozens oh, of times, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. just those things that you think about. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I know those. I know those things. Okay. I'm, I'm going to... I'm not trying to speed us along. I'm just trying to think of some of our, some of the sort of main sequences. I think of uh, Phil's death scene is mm-hmm. uh, really. He's next because, because
0: yeah. I, l- I like how um, he uh, goes after him with, uh, Andy does, mm-hmm. with the uh, electric bread knife. Yeah, and
2: he's <laughs> trying to find it. And I love uh, the way they, they kind of, um, Lafayette kind of sets that up in a way where, it could be chucky's hand going through mm-hmm. yeah. all of those things and picking up the bread knife then it shows that it's andy and you know andy is going to sort of take matters into his own hands and because no one's
0: which good for him yeah
2: he's been to this rodeo before and mm-hmm. so now he knows that he's going to have to deal with it on his own because no one's going to believe him and so he's going after chucky he's got the electric knife this is where Phil just kind of hears the, the tussle going on in the basement. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, I
0: like these little scenes with Andy though, when he, um, cause he's getting, he's getting smarter. Uh-huh. He's starting to think a little bit like Chuckie too. And like he opens up the, uh, the dryer. Drier. Yeah.
2: And he sort of stabs he's like at it, stabbing yeah, yeah. And <laughs>
0: thinking that Chucky could be hiding in there. But of course, he's not. Yeah.
2: But you know, Chucky sort of tripping Phil down the stairs and hanging him upside down, and he reveals himself to Phil. And he, before Chucky sort of lets him go and he breaks his neck,
0: how's it hanging, Phil? How's it
2: hanging, Phil? He knows Phil is like, oh my gosh, I was wrong. Andy was telling the truth.
0: Chucky gives him that one moment to have that realization. Yeah. Kinda of makes you feel bad for him. Definitely.
2: And I think that in I mean, you can I never for one moment go Phil's an asshole, no. but at the same time you're kinda of like, oh, just believe him. Come on, believe him. You know, Chucky's real. Mm. But I mean, why why would you believe that? I mean, as a <laughs> as a human adult parent as I am, right. <laughs> there are certain things where I'm a little skeptical when my kids tell me <laughs> things. Sometimes just say it. So um, yeah, the how's it hanging, Phil moment. But oh my gosh, when Joanna comes down and finds that he's dead and she, oh, that's so heartbreaking. And yeah. obviously, because they
0: both kind of turn mm-hmm. like Phil turns like for, he has a second before he dies to believe him. And Joanne like instantly turns on Andy. Yeah. Which is kind of heartbreaking to watch too. Yeah, it
2: is. But at the same time, uh, it's like n- knowing this kid for what, two or three days, maybe mm-hmm. I knew that you were troubled by. But this, my husband of however many years at this point, we don't mm-hmm. know, he's dead. I mean, I, I it, to me, it's a... F- fairly realistic reaction well sure yeah (laughs) you know
0: you just kind of get the sense from her that she probably you know falls in love with every kid that comes to their home Uh so she's got that that very mother instinct to her and uh just it makes you feel bad for andy too you know that hopefully he had found a new mother with joanne but chucky had to go and ruin it as usual that he did it's a great moment between joanne and kyle too again just for me like showing off how a great kyle is you know when she's like throwing andy's clothes into the suitcase and how seeing how upset joanne is and like her her, she really cares kyle really cares and she wants to take care of that's what i get from this scene
2: yeah so andy gets sent back to grace pool at uh, the place.
0: And then they, they leave. They let Kyle have a lot of time on her own, which I love.
2: They do. The scene where Kyle discovers Joanne is... I mean, to me, this is a direct reference to Psycho.
0: <laughs> yeah. The way Cause, the chair Because the way yeah. she
2: approaches the chair... <laughs> and so uh, she touches it on, on the side and it turns around and there's Joanna dead, you know, in the in the sewing. The so, then the sound of the sewing machine just going.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, that's so good. And then and then I didn't really think about this before. But when she sits on the bed and then Chucky rises up under the sheet right out of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right out of Elm Street. And that's great. He just like pops out and, and, and attacks her. That's good stuff. Good stuff. I like
0: the setup before that too, when uh-huh. she f- when she's on the swing and yeah, she finds Tommy buried under there because she had thrown the doll that she thought was Tommy that was really in, Chucky in into the, the garbage, trash can, yeah. and then and then she finds the doll buried uh, underneath the swing, and another great little. Suspense moment of her just kind of looking at that trash can before and kind of breathing really heavily <laughs> like, yeah. um, uh, um, that doll better be in there. And of course, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of going back to the how effective the that kind of tension building moments are from the first movie.
2: Oh, yeah. And you know, it's it sounds like uh, John Lafayette really didn't have or Don Mancini really didn't have much to do with the first movie after they wrote their elements of it. I don't think so. Yeah. And, and John Lafayette had, I I don't know if, he hadn't had like extensive filmmaking experience, but you would never guess it from this movie. It just is like, this looks like the work of someone who has studied the masters and knows exactly what he's doing. It's it's just really effective uh, work in this, in, as a director. Hmm? Uh, early work, I can't remember if it's his first feature or if it's just an early feature, but man, it's really effective. You know, it's, it's very like, this is made by a pro, <laughs> you know, someone on yeah. a level with a Tom Holland.
0: But it's got enough of his own style, very oh, different yeah. from what Tom Holland, Holland does in the original that, you know, he brought his own style and personality and cause it's a totally different movie and he, it needed that anyway. Yeah. And yeah so he totally did a great job
2: yeah uh so now chucky gets kidnapped essentially
0: he kidnaps kyle <laughs> really.
2: that's what i meant to say chucky kidnaps kyle <laughs> i meant to say kyle gets kidnapped by chucky that's what i meant to say
0: Ugh, i love the scene of them so in confused. the car
2: <laughs> the scene in the car where he's just sitting in the seat next to her is like buckled up in the seat next to her <laughs> it's really and then she she's gets ta- pulled she's over talking
0: to him totally normally yeah i love when
2: they get pulled over shut by up
0: and try, get real this is a station wagon
2: <laughs> yeah right right it's like all right pull over and again, you're seeing the doll, just how effective um, Kevin Yeager's work is on this movie. Puppeteers who made that thing work are, yeah. <sighs> it's
0: astonishing. His fa- his facial movements, uh-huh. like the progression from the first movie to this one, the way when he's talking and animated, his facial expressions are so much more advanced and they look so much more real. Yeah. They're amazing in this one.
2: Yeah. Then, of course, his nose starts bleeding.
0: <laughs> I like when uh, like, the cop asks him what. About- name is and he when the cop asks what his name is and he just goes chucky <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. obviously not the way a doll would say it, but the cop still believes it I love it.
2: it's just a fun very <laughs> funny it's like you've heard of dolls that pee well this one bleeds it's a it's a really good scene it's really funny but not in a way that is dismissive <laughs>
0: again it's just having fun with the character that's mm-hmm. coming coming out of chucky a little bit more in this one and also Kyle just being the badass that she is and kind of going with the flow with this friggin' alive doll. Yeah. (laughs) Next next to her like she's just like totally normal but she's but on, she's on guard and she's ready mm-hmm. to to fight when she's got the chance i like the little uh, the little action sequence that takes place here with the car and her trying to like run him over she breaks really hard and he goes flying out of the windshield uh-huh. and, <laughs> and she tries to run him over but then he, he gets her again and makes her take him to the the child center to go get andy
2: I love this part because uh, they uh, hit the fire alarm so the place empties out. Grace brings Andy down the stairs and she's just there holding Chucky like really close.
0: She looks so traumatized yeah. in that. Her facial expressions is amazing. Yeah,
2: because you, you go to behind and you see that Chucky has a knife to the back of her head. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, oh, it's really well done. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And Chucky kills Grace, which is makes me very sad because I I I I love Grace Zabriskie. I love her.
0: That's a good moment too, Mm. though. Just when immediately, like Chucky is not about like pretending to be a doll anymore, which I kind of love in this movie, because as soon as she grabs him, he just immediately comes alive. Amazing, isn't it? And starts stabbing her in the chest. That that she lands on the copy machine. Yeah.
2: What, haven't you ever seen a dead body before?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's kind of a funny line (laughs) that Chucky has. Like, gallows humor. Uh Like, Uh obviously this kid has seen a dead body, which is not a good thing at his age (laughs) but it's also kind of like their little connection that they have together in a way i don't know
2: yeah it's good it's good shows what a
0: jerky is yeah so chucky and andy like head out um and they jump into the back of the newspaper truck the
2: chicago sun times
0: the Chicago Sun Times. Because yes. they wanted
2: to get a positive review from Roger Ebert. <laughs> actually I, I when I saw that I looked up to see if there was a Child's Play 2 review on RogerEbert.com. I couldn't find one. I found one for Child's Play and he actually ah. liked the first one quite a bit. Yeah, so, he liked Child's Play. Yeah, so I don't think Siskel did though. I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but Roger Ebert gave the first movie a good review. So maybe the Chicago Sun Times uh, truck in there is a little bit of an of a hey, thanks, Raj. You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, not do you, buddy yeah, Thanks.
2: could be we were gonna use the Chicago Tribune one, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but Cisco man,,
1: Ugh.
0: this is a good moment too, when uh Kyle's chasing the truck in the station wagon, and Chucky like flips her off. <laughs> yes because that comes back later on it does it does
2: yeah i actually thought in the first movie at the end of the first movie when his body is kind of dying i almost expected the little charred finger to form (laughs) to form into a finger yeah flipping him the bird but it doesn't
0: okay and then like the greatest sequence of this movie is the climax yeah at the play pals toy factory which is like probably the greatest setting oh it's great i've seen one of the best like settings for like a, a very prolonged i think it's like a half hour that they're in there it's it's the, a good the, 20 minutes scenes. at least yeah yeah um,
2: and this is a short movie to have so much of your i mean obviously if you have a set like that you want to utilize it right you want to oh, put yeah. it in your movie but there's lots of there's all these great kinds of uh, little traps and stuff they have to escape yeah. you know the eyeball Uh, thing that puts the eyes into the stabs the eyeballs into because they have little points on them you know these kind of Mm -hmm. weapons you know there's the one that sort of bakes them so they the plastic hardens or something and then and it has sort of like this this mechanism that closes like a guillotine
1: you know (laughs) (laughs) so I mean
2: it's a fairly impractical factory it's sort of like you know the droid factory in Star Wars one of the Star Wars movies but you know it's (laughs) seems like it's filled with booby traps and all sorts of kind of crazy (laughs) wild things but it's really cool the conveyor belts and everything it's cool it's good
0: i love it i love it i love that it's a climactic scene that happens like just in a totally different setting Mm -hmm. than we've ever seen before really in a horror movie and that it's it's bright Uh and just very. usually the climactic scenes are like in the dark or Uh it's very foreboding in that way but it's kind of foreboding in this setting too because again yeah like you're saying like there's all these little traps and all these little places that chucky can hide or come out of or just all the things that are a danger to kyle and andy too like when that little moment when um she sees the the wax the hot wax Uh like dripping and she pulls andy away uh-huh.
2: so when they trap chucky's hand in the cage thing so the, as they're escaping uh-huh. him and he rips his own hand off and it's mm-hmm. like bloody because he's becoming more human mm-hmm. i actually like grab my wrist during that scene because that is like ow <laughs> empathy for chucky is maybe not the right word but you can definitely <laughs> that
0: looks very painful how
2: like, you can imagine you know Pulling your own hand out of something oh. if it were stuck in something, and actually yeah. having it come off would be like unbelievably painful, <laughs> right? But then he pulls a little bit of a of an ash from Evil Dead and and uh, and <laughs>
1: fashions
0: yeah a new weapon attaches
2: the knife to his severed wrist to the you know the stump on his wrist.
0: Another like kind of point where you feel sorry for him when he's about to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and- I- you're like, that's going to hurt, Chucky, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, you know, and I. Oh, I love the part. No, before this, this when the scene opens, when they're just kind of like running through the maze of the good guy boxes. Oh, yeah. Ah, I love that.
2: One. That's really great. And then, you know, he sort of blasts. He gets uh, Kyle Drump- drops a bunch of good guy boxes on top of him.
0: <laughs> I, love that. I love that moment too. And he's like, I'm going to get you. And then the boxes to fall. He was like, what the hell?
2: Yeah and they land on him he 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 just
0: Brad Dourif makes me laugh so much more in this one
2: yeah he just kind of bursts out of him Ah!
0: because he he just feel like he's just like pissed and like done because he knows actually I think he knows at this point that he's too human that he can't that's right because he he tried because he's already he tried yeah because he
2: tried to put his soul into Andy and nothing happens.
0: Yeah. Cause he's waited too long and he's, too he's too long. human to transfer his soul. Yeah. So now, yeah. So now for the rest of the movie, he's just like pissed and he's just trying to kill him. He's not trying to take over his body anymore. Yeah.
2: Uh, this whole scene, uh, this whole sequence, whatever you want to call it, is really, really great. So, I mean, where he's got the knife hand and he's climbing the stair, you know, climbing that that sort of wheel. I mean, this is earlier, but I mean, where he's climbing the rollers, you know yeah which we had a slide at some play place we went to that was basically those rollers and those things hurt so bad when you slide down them
0: and they look like they look. oh
2: man i hated those i hated those roller things because when you're got little kids you're kind of have to go through all the stuff with them anyway oh. and it's it's it was not easy at that particular time of my life to be to do some of that stuff it was like <laughs> oh man i could probably do it now but back then it was just like i was not in any any way shape or form built to be able to do that sort of thing um but yeah so i kind of felt that a little bit more I was like hey i remember those <laughs> and uh it's almost like the it's like it's almost like a mcdonald's play place from hell
0: it is that's what it kind of feels like it feels like a they kind of play out of some parts of it off like it's a playground, but yeah. it's like a playground where everything can kill you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I, this is something I wanted to bring up earlier, especially in like the I really noticed it in the classroom. Some of the score is almost sounds yes. like a music box from hell. Yeah, where it's I want to bring that up too. Clanging sounds, bell sounds.
0: Yeah, because we didn't really talk about the the music from the first movie, which I love. to mm-hmm. think it's so good? Obviously, I think with the the movie having to do with with toys and with kids, it's very childlike. The mm-hmm. the tunes in the original, and it's kind of beefed up a little bit in this one. That I really, it sounds like Calliope music yeah. a lot to me. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Which I really like. It's so effective in this one. Just a little bit different from the original. And again, like having, maybe having a little bit more fun with it. Going for that kind of, yeah, like music box or fair kind of element. Yeah. Really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really really good, yeah. So you know, gosh, Chucky getting caught <laughs> in that box thing and sort of turned into
0: the- that we, that the, okay that machine where the little arms like the mechanical arms like push in through the box uh-huh. to like I guess atta- to attach the parts yeah. onto the doll's body. What kind of machine is that? I know, I it's know. a little bit extravagant. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's a little bit much. Yeah. But it makes for a good scene mm-hmm. when uh, Chucky gets stuck in there.
2: <laughs> yeah, he has a Great
0: the... moment, like when he um, when he's getting like stitched to that yeah. platform and the way his eyes are rolling around <laughs> in his head. Yeah, it's something.
2: great. And, you know, again, this movie also has, you know, like the 27 endings where he just keeps <laughs> on coming back, coming back, coming back. It's very Terminator. Uh, when I get you... I'm going to cut your <laughs> legs off. You know, because his <laughs> legs have been cut off at that point. And he's just on that little cart.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's like rolling himself on the cart. He's
2: rolling himself on the cart. and They turn on the plastic on him and he just turns into this big puddle of plastic. You and.
0: Which you think that's killed him. Yeah. Which it hasn't. He jumps up and he attacks Kyle and yeah. she stuffs the arrows and his mouth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Anyway.
0: Then he finally dies.
2: Yeah. As she almost gets her head cut off in the thing. Andy sort of saves her mm. from that. And yeah. uh, And then it just kind of ends. It's just like, that's it. It Yeah, the movie's over. (laughs) Yeah. and um,
0: What I remember a lot from, because I used to watch this on TV all the time, because I think probably now that I know, because this movie is so short, there was always like weird little insert shots that aren't in the movie anymore that I do remember so much from the the TV version. Yeah, the movie probably- It's just kind of weird to watch it now. The
2: movie probably had to be lengthened for television viewing because it's very short.
0: It's only an hour and 23 minutes
2: which is which is great i mean it's just kind of lean and mean and does exactly what it needs to do and it's really effective and um entertaining and funny and scary and it's got kind of everything you would want from this era of a horror film 1990 i guess i count that as part of the 80s to some extent yeah it's cool i i this is really the one that i i love the first one too but this is the one that i enjoy most out of the series just throwing on and
0: watching Mm -hmm i did too actually oh yeah yeah <laughs> i'll put i'll put on this one before i put on the original Yeah. You know, anyway because you don't wanna really want to watch your your favorite movie too much you want to kind of keep that love uh, kind of at a distance so that when you watch it again you can just fall in love with it all over again but yeah I this one is that. just way more fun it's just easier to watch it's like uh, yeah like we said it's quick and um kyle is my girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love her <laughs> I freaked out. Oh, God. You should see me at the end when I was watching Cult of Chucky. Yeah. Spoiler for Cult of Chucky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyle shows up in a post-credit sequence, and I flipped my shit when I saw her, (laughs) especially because she's wearing the motorcycle hat Mm. (laughs) and that, too. Kyle! Yes!
2: And (laughs) fingers crossed that they bring her back in the series. I know. You know, that they pay that off in the series, which it seems to be the intention of Don Mancini to continue what he's set up in the films.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I I love that they're finally able to, they finally wrapped on it. it. It took, obviously with the pandemic, it took more time to get going with it than originally planned. And it got postponed for several months until things got mm-hmm. under control. if um, <laughs> under control i mean is it you know best you know what i mean best we can do right now i guess but um so i'm excited to see where they go with it i i probably won't get to i i don't have television i don't have sci-fi channels so i probably won't get to watch it as it's airing but maybe there's it'll be on hulu or something i don't know we'll see it better be I hope so. it better I, be
0: because I am so stoked <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've I, I, always want more Chucky
2: yeah I think it'll be it'll be cool and I love that sci-fi is kind of doing uh and Netflix is sort of taking on some of these horror franchises in this format is because I mean television is kind of a great way to tell this story I think at this point yeah because
0: he's made it so big and he's yeah. he's stretched out the world of the story so much it's you need more time to explore that.
2: Yeah, and the last two movies were Netflix films, so it's a different animal now than than it was when it started. But you know, movies have changed so much since 1988. You know, or even since um, since Seed of Chucky came out. It's it's mm-hmm. just a different situation now than it was. So if you have a sort of smaller budget movie, it's more likely going to be on a streaming service now than have a big feature film theatrical release yeah especially uh, obviously the pandemic has pushed us even farther in that direction but i mean there's discussion of like uh texas chainsaw television or netflix series yeah which uh could be i don't know it could I be really that. interesting I, I don't know what the who knows who knows i think the texas chainsaw series is one of the most uneven in horror history as far as uh, highs and lows go, but who knows? Maybe they'll finally get it back to really great spot. Who knows? I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It always remains to be seen, but um, I think with Don Mancini, I love the consistency that he's brought to the series uh, since part two, really. Uh, It's carrying Mm -hmm. on what Tom Holland sort of cemented, I guess, with the first film. Uh, but definitely bringing his own sensibility and spin to it. I mean, Seed of Chucky is obviously uh, something that's very personal to him because he wrote and directed that film, but it also has a lot of themes that he's passionate about and finds personal. Uh, I think that uh, it's great to have his voice be the driving force of the series. And I think, you know, as much as I'm fine with the remake, I do think it was kind of shitty the way he was treated on the remake. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, especially you have a viable series of this sh- yes. still happening, and that's you're a doing a, a remake with. without yeah. any input from these people. That's just yeah. yeah, even
0: yeah, even though I don't mind, I don't mind remakes at all. I don't really nah, care. Nah, I,
2: I'm that was
0: that was my too. one little thing of contention is like, and that's what a lot of people were saying is like, Dom Mancini is still working on this. He's still building this world even more. Like, not even including him at all. Like, that's. Kind of crappy, or not even making it related to that, which is why I didn't mind the remake when I finally watched it because it's it's so completely different yeah. right away that I was able to you know separate it from the whole franchise entirely and just look at yeah, it it's as its something own thing.
2: Completely different than what yeah uh, you can you can totally
0: watch it as its own thing yeah. and it's a fine movie. Like I don't I don't really I'm not gonna watch it again I doubt. But yeah, I
2: mean, I thought it was fine i didn't i mean some people Mm -hmm. some people really loved it which i'm like hey more power to you that's great i'm 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 happy about that and you know i one thing that i like about it is you know maybe it doesn't have things like you know the black magic element (laughs) which (laughs) you know make it which i like about that version of it so um and i think mark hamill is a good chucky
0: yeah yeah, it does a good job of updating the story to modern times, you know, with the the doll and the computer. I don't, for, I forgot what it is. Yeah, now, yeah. Just I mean, that he's more he's more technologically advanced. Yeah, it's much
2: more of a somebody set this doll to evil kind of movie. Yeah, uh, which is great its own way too. <laughs> you know, so anyway, yeah. um, but we're not care. really here to talk about those things. No, um, but <laughs> hey, so we've talked about Child's Play one and two. Would you say that this is the end, friend?
0: This is the end of this. Episode. That's what, friend. Yes. that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yes. Well, not really, because we got to do. We got to do our little our other closing. stuff. Yeah. Okay. To wrap up, but <laughs> I, I had to say it. I had to say it. I, that was that was
2: one thing. I, I put it in my notes that I have to say that. No, but that was good. I yeah. really loved being able to talk about those. Yeah. that's That was fun. They're fun movies. They're fun movies. Okay.
0: Um, I'll do my recommend first though, since it's kind of related do it. to what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my recommendation. Um, not super big. Uh, usual. I always feel bad, but I don't have anything like really profound to recommend. This is something that I loved. Um, Of course, when uh, Scream Factory announced that they were doing like a super duper collector's edition of Child's Play, I jumped on it right away. absolutely had to pre-order that and get it and you get a little doll and you got like two posters it was really cool but um the actual blu-ray itself had uh, some great new features on it and i'm recommending this blu-ray in particular there's this one feature that as a chucky super fan was just like my favorite thing to see and all it is is it's like an hour of just behind the scenes footage of them working with the, the doll, the animatronics and seeing all the it's like all this like behind the scenes stuff that Howard Berger mm-hmm. from K&B, who right. also worked on the movie, um, he had all this like footage that he had shot on the set of them like playing with the animatronics and like seeing how it worked and them like actually shooting on the set. And like there's no it's not an interview or anything. It's just like straight like you just watch them how they how they work with the Chucky doll for an hour. and It is the most fascinating. Fascinating thing I've ever seen. It's so cool looking.
2: Yeah, that's great. That's those things are cool. They they did another one like that on. Uh... I can't remember which disc, but it's just, it was just something like that. It was no, it wasn't interviews. It was just behind yeah. the scenes footage of special effects work. And it was it's so cool, really fascinating, cool stuff. Um, yeah.
0: Especially when you can, you watch uh, like the scene when they're in their apartment, like toward the end and it's Chucky walking down the hallway. You see how that really looks like on the set. He's like on this big platform and there's like eight guys uh-huh. around him. <laughs> it just, it just really makes you appreciate the effects a lot too
2: uh it's how they made that happen is pretty astonishing yes as we've said a couple of times already yes
0: (laughs) and this this just proved it even more to me Mm. that it's so impressive to watch and it's so impressive to watch them and just kind of fun to watch all the different versions of like all the different faces that they played with and just watching them play with the 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 servos or whatever that makes like different parts of the face move Uh and i love that stuff so if you're a chucky fan definitely get this blu-ray and check that out
2: excellent okay so um I'm just, it's Halloween season, it's October as this is dropping. So I, I'm i going to recommend the best horror movie that I've seen recently. And it's on Hulu right now. It is The Vigil. Uh, it's about a uh, young, I guess, formerly Orthodox Jewish man who is, uh, he's, ha- he's sort of left the community and he and a few f- friends are trying to... Uh, Make their way in the world, you know, um, sort of apart from their upbringing and he's called on. He's having a lot of trouble making even making his rent right now. (laughs) And so he's offered to sit as shomer for a vigil which means a, a, an orthodox jewish man has died and so he's hired to sit and keep watch over the body and for an overnight shift well he discovers all these strange things start happening and uh, he while he's there and we learn about what could be a demonic presence ah, re- related cool. related to this man it's pretty scary i thought it was effectively frightening um but also because you know it's that it's that nighttime thing you know sort of being alone with something in the night you know and not know, really knowing what especially you know it's a dead body so i <laughs> don't really know what's yeah, going on Yeah, that kind of makes me
0: think of like the autopsy of Jane doe yeah or something.
2: yeah a little bit of that vibe except it's mostly just this one guy but we sort of find out and and also the the widow of this man sort of pops in every now and then but it ends up being really powerful how we as humans deal with uh, things from our past and um, traumas and it was, it's just really, really effective and powerful movie. Um, And it's one of, one of my favorite horror movies, new horror movies that I've seen this year uh, really was, um, was kind of, kind of struck by it how strong it is of a movie so anyway that's nice. the vigil it's on hulu definitely recommend that one that good, sounds cool yeah good movie yeah. good movie i'd be into that yeah i thought I, watching it i was like i bet michelle would like th-. i think i will yeah.
0: okay yeah what have we got coming up next time so next friend? next
2: time uh no, officially it would be our 25th episode and we would be doing our forever favorites it's halloween season it's spooky oh, yeah. season so we're gonna do a bonus episode So we're going to do a couple of horror movies that are, I guess, directed towards kids and chosen from mine. uh, Something wicked this way comes Ray Bradbury, Disney, Jason Robards. Uh, So the movie that when I was a kid kind of freaked me out and I Yeah, it's got some stuff in it. I recently read the book to my son, so it kind of refreshed it as well. And so it's it's a really interesting movie. Unfortunately, a little bit hard to find. There's a DVD out there. That's how I saw it. But apparently, I heard that Disney, the Disney. i don't know what is it blu-ray club whatever it's called is actually releasing a blu-ray of it finally oh nice yeah so hopefully that'll be something that people can track down uh so terrific movie uh, terrific kind of scary kids movie from the early 80s
0: and then uh the one i'm picking is probably my favorite halloween movie a lot of people's favorite halloween movie it comes up every year something we got to talk about um 1993's hocus pocus also
2: Disney, love this movie. So I guess we're yes, kind of doing Disney. a Dis- Disney horror double feature. Yeah,
0: yeah. Didn't and, we just want to pick like our favorite Halloween movies, or was it supposed to be specifically for kids?
2: I think these were. Um, I, I I can't remember exactly what our. Thinking Either way they work. Either it, way it, they, works. I love it. they yeah. they work. I think these are both these are both Halloween like specifically Halloween movies. Yeah, uh, which is cool.
0: Uh, this one especially like if I really want to get into the mood and the vibe that you want that never really seems to come around the fall time. Like this movie shows it. Like the the leaves and the you feel the crisp air. You uh-huh. know of the fall. It never really feels like that here sometimes. Like it, occasionally, but you just get such a sense of of Halloween and the holiday and the season from Hocus Pocus, which is one thing I absolutely love about it. Along with it just being like hilarious and fun. And (laughs) yeah. And Hocus Pocus is
2: also uh, very readily available. The Blu-ray is, is very inexpensive it's on disney plus uh yep. it's around so you shouldn't have any trouble finding hocus pocus hopefully you can track down something wicked this way comes hopefully that uh rumors are true and that blu-ray is coming out yeah that's so that's fun that'll be fun to talk about
0: yeah i'm excited to talk about those. Yeah. that'd be a good time yeah faux show. Faux show. all right we probably need to wrap this up because we have how long have we been going on this one now only three hours and five minutes only that's that's nothing for us that's absolutely nothing all right, so where can people find us online, Brian?
2: Well, um, when I'm on Twitter, uh, which isn't which is less <laughs> and less right now, honestly, just kind of kind of taking a little bit of a cleanse, a little bit of a break, um, is uh, not a bad idea. Yeah, uh, you can find uh, my handle is at Brian D. Kuiper,
0: and I am at Michelle N. Agan.
2: Now the show, uh, we're a little bit more active there, or I'm a little bit more. <laughs> I'm, I actually have that on my phone still. Is uh, is at movie life pod and you can check us out there
0: yeah please uh talk to us there leave us a rate and review on apple podcast or wherever that would be super helpful and awesome even though we already love you we would love you even more if you said something nice about us so other people could read it and find our show
2: (laughs) and uh thanks for everyone very much for listening and yeah
0: what will we do brian
2: we'll see you next time
0: you did it
1: i did it right I did it right. You did it right. All right. I'm proud of you. All right. Bye.
0: Bye.